Cult Collectibles is the number one site for historical items from the People's Temple, Heaven's Gate, Om Shinrikyo, and many other cults that you never even knew existed. Hundreds of hours of work have gone into curating our collection of unique and one-of-a-kind items from the dark history of these groups. We also have a large selection of true crime memorabilia from such notorious cases as Edmund Kemper, Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson, and many more. We add new items to the site every week and post sales and auctions on our Instagram at Cult Collectibles. So visit us on the web at cultcollectibles.org today. Hi, this is Jason Schneeberger, a.k.a. Rain Architect. I was also in Murder Collection from Toe Tag Pictures. And you are listening to Sick on Cinema. And welcome to Sick on Cinema. I'm one half of your Welcome to Where Time Stands Still, No One Leaves, and No One Will. Podcasters John. I'm your other half, Matt. And welcome to the first episode of 2023. Yay. <laughs> We're a little late. We're a little late, yeah. It's <laughs> supposed to be two weeks ago. No, no, a week, a week ago. ago. I got the Rona. Yeah, you got Rona. <laughs> What's funny, because, like, I worked in the public during, like, the peak of the pandemic. Yeah. Right? Like, when the whole stay-at-home border was going around, I was in the thick of it. Yep. Never got it. I didn't work in the public, <laughs> and I did get it. Yeah. You know. And then it's like, uh, you know, it's all starting. I mean, I guess it is kicking back up, but, you know, everything is relatively back to normal. Well, there's, like... <laughs> 15 strains of this shit now, so this is just our lives. Yeah. And this I, is your life. And then I got the Rona, and it was, yep. <laughs> it was not a good time. No. Uh, there was definitely a couple moments, especially uh, when you, I guess, <laughs> you coughed. <laughs> I just I, woke up. Yeah. So all the drainage was in the back yeah. of my throat. Sorry for any of you listeners that are eating. <laughs> so I coughed. Nothing about it. I said that, right? If you're eating, listening to this, this one, yeah, shame on you, shame on you. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that I ate literally just before this. Yeah. But anyway, you were yeah. draining the back of your throat. Yeah. So I coughed, and when I coughed, everything was like, it was like a real nasty, wet one. I, I was here from the darkness of your room. Are you okay, <laughs> dude? Like, because like your description does not even match how guttural and visceral it was. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Which I never really had a cough. No, you were literally just clearing your throat, but when you have all that shit going on, it's mm. just vile. I never had a cough. My main symptoms was all in my head, man. Like, yeah. I have never had a stopped up nose that bad my entire life. No. Like, nothing was getting out, nothing was g- going in. Like, there was no air or snot coming out. You know, I was like... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. It was just gridlocked. <laughs> See, I didn't have that. I had the OG strain. Mm-hmm. It, was either, it, was, it was either the original version or Delta. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But I remember, like, I lost my sense of smell. There's points where I thought, felt like my lungs were going to collapse. But, uh... With you, you had the uh, head cold version of it, yeah. which that's not discredited by any means. You were fucked. God, it was bad. I was sitting there watching Joe Bob talk about gator bait. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, because <sighs> <laughs> the only thing I could do is breathe out my mouth. But if I breathe out my mouth too much, then my mouth got dry. Yeah. Dude, I was waking up with the worst dry mouth of my life. Yeah. Like my throat felt like it was sticking together. Yeah. It was so dry. <laughs> it also didn't help that at the same time you had this. I had a sinus infection. Yeah. So, and as you can hear, I'm still not like 100%. But I also think, I don't know if it's COVID or if, it, you know, getting over COVID or if it's my allergies. It's more than likely allergies. Because I feel like I'm like jumped out of the fire and now I'm back in the frying pan, you know? I'm like, yeah. God bless. Like, I just want to be better. Yeah. So we had to postpone a couple days because I sounded like shit. Well, last year you lost your voice at the beginning of the year too, so. Well, that's because I threw up, oh. Yeah, that's because you had the... The grossest vomit ever. Yeah, the roughest throw up of my life. I was in my room trying to enjoy my succulent <laughs> Chinese meal. And I just hear a horrendous gag. It's like, <laughs> and then just a bag getting hit with a bunch of shit. And I'm like, I'm not hungry no more. Yeah, I, puked, I, walked, I puked so hard that like I destroyed my voice and my eyeball was completely bloodshot. Yes, it was horrific. It was bad. It was real bad. <laughs> And I walked in, I walked in there to check on you, and you're just like hovering over the trash can. <laughs> like I wish people could see it uh, what I was doing, but you're just like, just like tensed up over the trash can. Yeah, which is probably the worst way to handle that. But well, it was bad. I don't know how you. So know. yeah, that's yeah. been my 2023 so far. Yeah, I watched several Joe Bob episodes. You did. Uh, that was fun. You watched a lot of movies. I watched quite a few movies. I watched about like twelve movies or some shit like that. Yeah, you, you went ape shit. <laughs> well, I didn't have nothing else to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, you were stuck at home again. I had I, I was working, but because I tested negative. Yeah. So I did the first time. Yeah. Second time, I didn't even get a chance to put it on the on the th- on the little shelf to wait for it to see if it was going to turn positive. But it was already positive. I was like, God. I was full blown, bro. <laughs> there was no doubt that I had COVID. <laughs> no doubt. But we're here now, 2023, to kick off the the new year of Sick on Cinema. Yeah, I, I appreciate I wanna, everybody. Yes, of course. Um, thank you all for your continued support yes, and yes. love. We appreciate it. Yeah, we're up to 724 followers on Instagram, which is pretty crazy. That's for, that's fucking wild. It is wild. I just want to go ahead and say this right off the bat. <laughs> warning, in, warning. Yeah, yeah, well, yes. I'll get to that in a second. Um, enjoy the first half of this episode <laughs> because this is going to be a very somber episode. Yeah, podcast. that's a good way to put it. Because it's heavy. We're, we're not just talking about, you know, a movie where someone fictionally has their head blown off or, you know, their intros being ripped out or something like that. We're talking about literal child murder on this episode yeah <laughs> hey I found my the chapstick oh hey. hey I was looking for that the other day <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, enjoy the listener questions of this yeah. and if it does get too heavy for you then by all means don't listen to the rest of this <laughs> it's gonna be a, it's a rough one yeah it's been a while since we had like a dead serious episode of the podcast but uh I don't remember the last time we did was it I would say disturbing docs but we even riffed a little bit on that one yeah 
which I'm sure we'll get some some riffage in there a little bit here and there. Yeah, I think the last thing we did that was that heavy was the bridge. The bridge. Yeah, the bridge was pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the cartoon one got me pretty bad. Yeah, that one was not very fun either. No, <laughs> that was just because it was like real life type bullshit, but through the eyes, f- I get not even for children, but just in the eyes of like cartoon characters. Yeah, but um. Speaking of listener questions, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into this. Show. Questions, comments, and concerns can be sent to sickoncinema at gmail.com. Or you can wait to the week of the episode. We are mostly a bi-weekly podcast when we, we are, have Rona. <laughs> we upload when we upload at this point, I guess, guys. We'll post a lovely little image that has two skeletons dancing on it, and it'll say, we are taking questions, and you can ask in the comment section below. Yes. Uh, but let's get going. Yes, let's, get, let's do the fun part. First up, we have our boy, Artie. Artie, Knight of the Bloody Tapes. Follow yes. him on Instagram. Get a copy of his zine. It's excellent. We have yes. the new one sitting around here somewhere, actually, and it's uh, it's very nice. I actually think it's a step up in production and everything. Oh yeah, it's very clean. Looks great. Love the cover. I'm trying to figure out where my copy is at. I've got shit everywhere right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. But uh, Artie's got a few questions for us. He says, "Howdy from Texas, guys." Let me jump right in with the questions. Did you see Christmas Bloody Christmas? <laughs> and if so, what did you think of it? Uh, I wasn't a fan of Christmas Bloody Christmas. No, I, did, I wasn't either. Which I've seen people online who were fans of it, and I, and I completely understand where they're coming from. With I completely, it. yeah, I completely understand as like as well. And I'm pretty sure you do too. Why yeah. people like it? I don't know. The characters were just I didn't, I didn't care for them at all. I, I thought they were a bit obnoxious. Yeah. But. Which I heard someone say that a lot of the like, dialogue was improvised, and that's the case. Big O should have been like, "Bruh, no, Bro, yeah. rain that back in." <laughs> yeah, because like once the, the Santa Claus gets going, it's actually really cool. Yes, and the final, the, the finale fight between the main girl and the in in the Santa Claus in the store is really cool as well. But getting there is the problem. Yeah, it's a bit of a slog. <laughs> Again, it's like, I know for some people the curse words are not going to bother them. It's like, I know we cuss a lot of the We cuss a whole lot, you know. <laughs> but I have never heard, like, I'm not going to go with the, the with, with the fuck word, as, as our friend Gilbert would call it. <laughs> the fuck word. But I'm going with flick the bean. I've never heard someone say that term more in my life. Yeah. Also, they're like, oh, I'm cool dialogue. Oh, yeah. The like, oh, Lemmy is God, man. The best Metallica album's load. You just don't understand it. <sighs> First off, no one ain't. No. <laughs> it do. No one's ever said that. If you do, I mean, good on you. Good on you. But I'm disagreeing with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> it, the, 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 the real answer is Master of Puppets. The but real answer is Ride the Lightning. It's Master of Puppets. It's Ride the Lightning. Master of Puppets is perfect from top to bottom. Ride Lightning as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, besides that, um, Load and Reload suck ass. Yeah. I don't care who you are. There's a couple good songs on them, but like not enough to like... No, nothing to warrant like... The highest of praise, I guess. Yeah, but like yeah, that's not even just like I don't know why we went on a Metallica banter, <laughs> but uh, it's appropriate. Fair enough, but it's just like oh god, there's just so much shit. It's like oh you you listen to this shit, but I listen to this shit. Mm-hmm. I you watch that, I watch this. Yeah. I'm so mu- I'm so, so much cooler than you are, and I'm just like shut the fuck up. Yeah, agreed. <sighs> agreed. Agreed. Uh, I just watched Bad Moon. I think the werewolf in it looks amazing. What are your guys' favorite werewolf in a movie? And did you see Late Phases or Ben ACL Del Toro's Wolfman? And if so, what did you think? Um, my, f- I guess my favorite werewolf would be, the, I guess the, uh, 
American Werewolf one, I guess. American Werewolf. Uh, try that again. American Werewolf looks fantastic. Yeah, you know, that's up there as one of the best. I know that's probably a cop out answer to an extent, but I always really like the ones in the Howling as well. I was be like, oh, they got rabbit ears. I don't care. I think they look great. Yeah, I think they look great too. <laughs> Werewolves are not the easiest thing to execute, though. No, because there's a lot of them I can think of that like great movie, not so good looking werewolves. Yeah, Silver Bullet. Yes, the Silver Bullet one looks like you started at something. What was it? Oh, I can't even remember. <laughs> oh fuck. Ginger Snaps is another one's like doesn't look great. Doesn't look great. <laughs> um, um, what else? I don't know. Well, werewolves are hard to do. Yeah. It feels like everyone wants to do their own take on it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah, but the American Werewolf in London. But even it's like it looks more like a bear than it does a wolf. Fair enough. But I do like the bipedal werewolves from The Howling. You know. Yeah, that's probably my favorites. Yeah, those those look really good. Really good. I didn't I didn't see Late Phases. Late Phases is really cool. It's basically about a, like a blind guy. Yeah. Who like is being sieged by werewolves? Oh fuck. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool movie, and I did see the Wolfman with Benicio del Toro, but it's been so long hmm. that I don't even remember yeah. anything about it <laughs> uh, did you pop any fireworks or shoot guns off for fourth uh, for the fourth of july good god for the new years uh no no we did not um but pretty much the day after new year's a bunch of fucking assholes did while it was foggy outside oh I my make god it home. dude that was craziness it was like the foggiest i've ever seen it around here like it was like so thick that you couldn't see a few inches in front of your face like i know it's a comparison used a lot but it was fucking silent hill it really was and then like the people in our neighborhood shut off fireworks so it made the fog even thicker there was points i was driving home from work where i was like I don't know where I am, actually. I've yeah. drove this road my entire life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know this road like the back of my hand. And it's unfamiliar. And I was like, I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> I can't recognize anything. It was horrific. It was bad. <laughs> I have some trauma now because of it, but that's for a different day. I heard some full auto machine guns in my area. I mean, that's pretty... Yeah. Full auto. <laughs> that happens right here, too. Yeah. There's a lot of that, too. Also, I... I was talking to, um, I don't remember who I was talking to about it, that the people in our neighborhood weren't just shooting off fireworks. <laughs> no. They were using their guns to shoot fucking Tannerot. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Remember when, like, sparkler bombs were, like, the thing? Oh, yeah. It was nuts. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> God, I remember you couldn't do anything with that. I just hear, like, a random... <laughs> I'm pretty sure a meth lab blew up here recently, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting in my room and, like, and I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> uh, finally, have you been trading with other zines or have you discovered any zines from overseas? Lastly, I hope you like the PDF of the Morbid Faith zine I sent. Peace, love, and peace and love. Artie. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, Scum Culture. Mm -hmm. He reached out to us for a zine and we sent him one. I'm still working on getting the other ones printed. <laughs> Yeah. This has been a disaster of a release. This is a disaster. This is a disaster. <laughs> Thank God I got nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's why the uh, the mixtapes are always distributed by Banana Box releasing. <laughs> Banana Box, word up. They, he's got his shit together. I don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Scum Culture. Yeah, check it out. It's good shit. It is good shit. Good shit. Such good shit. Such good shit. 
Now, hang on. I got to find my next question because <laughs> I'm on the, uh, uh, the email, the email, which just makes it a little more difficult. Next up is Steven from Box Creep Films, which, again, Ooh. if you have not checked out Box Creep Films, please. Yes. Go check their shit out. It's excellent. Vapor, uh, vapor Green. Yes. Jesus, I'm, I'm stuttering. And <laughs> Color Space Blood Red. Yes, are both very fun movies. Super fun. I can't wait for whatever uh, they do next. Yes. But they say, thank you guys for the shout-out and kind words. You guys rock so hard. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to all the good times coming in 2023, guys. We're not starting strong. We're kicking it off good, right? (laughs) People's always complain about the lack of creativity, creative ideas in films these days, especially coming out of bigger-budget Hollywood pictures. That being said, a lot of the same people seem to be totally cool with Bruno Mattei. What's up with that? (laughs) Well, you know. Just wondering what you guys' thoughts are. Take care, fools. Um, when it comes to like the big budget movies that come out, I have no problem with those movies necessarily. It just depends on if the story's interesting to me. Yeah, like when it comes off like you know rip offs or you know uncreative ideals. Like for instance, like you know even though we haven't seen it yet, Megan. Yeah, essentially is you know child's play. You know the reason people will complain about that, but not like Bruno Mattei is basically just time period. Yeah, it was different. If that came out in the eighties or seventies, they'd be like, "Oh, look at this cool weird movie that look at this know, hidden classic." Yeah, exactly. That you know nobody talks about, but since it's new, they're like, Man, "This is just a rip off." Yeah, there's no new ideas. There's nothing creative when like guys like Mattei and Fergazzo and you know they were literally making movies <laughs> based off other movies. They were literally ripping off. <laughs> other movies like what's the one that's like Terminator and Alien 2 <laughs> oh Shocking Dark Shocking Dark yeah it's like Claudia Fergazzo's Night Killer is I guess a Nightmare on Elm Street I mean somewhat I guess yeah it, it that's a stretch and it was like called Texas Chainsaw 3. 3 or something yeah. like that well also like fucking um <laughs> you know what is it uh Robo Wars yeah is Predator yeah. However, it has I can think it looks like RoboCop in the woods, you know. <laughs> fucking fucking Bruno. I mean, it's like it's not like, the, like I love I, I unironically love Fergazzo and Matei. Yeah, I think their stuff is super fucking fun, and I think a lot of that is because they don't take their just movies very seriously. No, as far like may, they may have took them seriously, but they don't come off that way. No, where like a lot of like the bigger budgeted or Hollywood movies do. Hmm. Um, so that may be an element to it as well, but it's all about like when it was came out. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, if they were if those movies were old, they would be seen as classics. Well, it's also like hidden gems. So there's so many people who are like, oh, modern movies just don't have any original ideas. Yeah, it's like they do. You're just not watching the right movies. It's like don't get me wrong. It's like when you watch something like, uh, well, oh, fuck, I remember the name of the movie right now. Watched it in theaters recently. Oh. Violent Night? Yeah, Violent Night. It's like Violent Night is essentially Die Hard with Santa. Yeah. But, I mean, what other movies like that? Mm. What other movie has a Santa Claus saving people like that? Yeah, right. Santa Not Claus many. versus the Martians. <laughs> <laughs> Odd choice. I mean, you asked. I mean, it's true. I gave you an answer. <laughs> is, is he... Is he fighting the Martians in that movie? I've never seen that movie. What are you talking about, man? Oh, I, well, you just brought it up. I thought maybe you'd fucking seen the goddamn thing. <laughs> That's the only thing I knew of that, you know. All right. Well, <laughs> God damn it. Made me feel stupid. <laughs> so I, was, <laughs> I thought you'd seen it. No, I haven't. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the movie was really fun, too, though. 
Yeah. Ball Nine. Yeah. Ball Nine's very fun, yeah. Yes. But uh, thank you, Stephen. And again, go check out Box Creep Films. They're fucking excellent. Yes. Next up is McKinley. McKinley. Sending an email in. He says, hey, John and Matt, been listening more since I got Spotify on my Xbox and I've been playing old games, uh, been playing old games, discovered that Call of Duty Black Ops mm-hmm. 1 has a lot of horror elements, like when Mason meets JFK and in a quick flash, Mason points a, he's speaking a game talk, I don't know, uh, okay. <laughs> a Torkov at JFK while the TV behind JFK plays uh, clips from the speech after he dies. And when it, this happens, a loud high-pitched screen, uh, screech plays and plays into the fears of bioweapons and war. Sorry for writing an essay, but here's my question. What other games ha- that you've played have horror elements, but is not a horror game? Oh, that's good. That's actually a good question. It is a good question. The first one that immediately pops in my mind is uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Oh, well, yeah. Although I think you could argue that is a horror game. Yeah. <laughs> but it's technically not. It's true. It just has one of the most creepiest atmospheres of any game ever. Like, it's just unnerving. The whole game just oh, puts yeah. you off, like, puts you on easy feelings and, like, you know, kind of has you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah. Like, the looming moon that's coming down, the happy mass salesman, the creepy soundtrack, mm-hmm. just weird things in it, like, you know, like, references to death and stuff like yeah. that. It's, I don't know. And Link, when he transforms when putting the masks on, is like a body horror straight out of Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be my choice. It would be Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask for sure. Um, the two choices I have are with game the type of games I play probably most when it comes to like the gaming world, and those are fighting games. Ah, I knew you were going with this. <laughs> uh, there is uh, Mortal Kombat, of course. Yes, which is not a horror game. <laughs> no, but it has that one scene. Uh, which which one? The graveyard. Oh, that the fucking mortuary jump scare. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring that up. I was just oh no. The, the characters, like how like horror influenced they are. For sure, for sure. And it's not even like there's also the game Killer Instinct that literally have like horror type characters. It's mm-hmm. like the newest one for Xbox, which I don't have an Xbox, so judge me. <laughs> but um, there's literally a like. You know, Japanese J horror style fucking uh, girl ghost character mm. in the fucking game, and it's like, but it's not a horror game, so it's definitely got horror elements for sure. Yeah, but I, I don't know. There's definitely been a lot of games I've played that definitely have those types of elements in them, where it's just like, oh, okay. I mean, it's no wonder, like, when I think about Majora's Mask, that, like, one of the most popular creepypastas of all time was written about it. Yeah. Because, like, the game already is, like, unnerving. So, like, you could totally believe there'd be a weird haunted version of it. Yeah. Because the game's so fucking creepy. <laughs> I've actually got back into, like, checking out creepypasta stuff recently. Really? And, like, going back in, like, the past and re- reading and listening to... Just the killer. Fuck no, that story sucks ass. <laughs> But it's like, again, <sighs> car, hook, door, hand, man. <laughs> there are some bad ones. But it's like, Ben Drown is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are so many other ones that are, like, legit, like, scary as fuck. It's like, where bad kids go. Mm-hmm. It's it's very short. I, again, I'm sure everyone here listening has probably at least remotely heard of it. Uh, the story. Maybe. I mean, at this point, the Crimson Cross blew the fuck up. I imagine at least someone's at least heard heard about this story. The ending is legit fucking creepy. 
What the fuck? I was yawning. Sorry. Oh. Go ahead. I was trying not to make it obvious. Thanks. <laughs> oh, sorry. You tried not to make it obvious, but you <laughs> you just crinkled your face up. Yeah, I was trying not to make noises though. Okay, gotcha. But uh, yeah. I don't know. There's there's actually some really good ones out there that I feel like if you look around enough, you'll find some really cool shit. Like, of course, Scandal Cove. Shit like that, too. Another shout-out is uh, for me as a child playing Pokemon. Oh, yeah. And getting to the Lavender Town. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of talk about that now because of creepy bosses. But legitimately, yeah. like, when I was a kid, when you get to Lavender Town and that theme starts playing, that boom, bang, bing. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I'm playing anymore. Yeah, I don't like this no more. I have like a memory in my brain of some game having some kind of having horror elements and scaring the shit out of me. I don't remember what it is though. Duke Nukem. No. <laughs> and we, the Duke Nukem I played was the bastardized version of Duke Nukem. Didn't they have like a, like a tentacle porn scene in it or something like that? Yeah. It had. It wasn't actual, like, pornographic, but yes, it had, like, tentacles and shit in it. You could pick shit up out of the toilet and throw it against the wall for some reason. It's Get time to chew ass and kick gum, but I'm all <laughs> out of ass. <laughs> Fuck. No one told me. No one told me. Dun, 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 dun. This had peanuts in it. <laughs> uh, what about Skyrim? I, I never played Skyrim. You never played Skyrim? No. Oh, okay. But I don't think I played a game, a modern game, past like Resident Evil 4. <laughs> I, I picked up here and there, but I don't think I ever beat them. Oh, fair <laughs> Stick enough. of Truth is probably the last new game I played that <laughs> <I> beat. <laughs> there's legit like some creepy shit in Skyrim when you can come across. Of course, there's like monsters and shit and dragons. But I remember there being some like legit frightening shit in that game. Like you just randomly get fucking attacked by a bunch of villagers for some goddamn <laughs> <Yeah>. reason. <laughs> I did play Res the new Resident Evil remake. Yeah. That was spooky. <laughs> that was fucking fun to watch you play that. <laughs> oh, Twisted Metal Black. Does that count? Yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, it's not necessarily a horror game. I mean, I, <laughs> it bridges, I guess. Yeah. It's like I can watch horror movies all day, but something about horror games, man. I, I have it. a hard time doing it. Like, it gets to me too much. Like, when I played Outlast, yeah. I was like, <laughs> Outlast was scary as fuck, though. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you what game is a horror game that's I thought was fucking shitty. Hmm? It's not very scary at all. The Evil Within. Oh, <laughs> I hated that game. Yeah. But that's uh, I, I I need to quit being a nerd. Di- a quick die drive. Yeah. Um, a digression, if you will. Yeah. Why? Where did the term "scare the shit out of you" come from? Has anyone ever been so scared they actually shit their pants? There was definitely someone when I worked at uh, Frightmare Manor that did shit their pants. <laughs> <laughs> they literally pissed and shit their pants. Boo! <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> it stunk the whole fucking manor up. It was horrible. Oh my god! The manor already stank because he sprayed this fart spray everywhere, <laughs> and it, it just smells like an old. You know, it's an old shoe. It pretty much is what it smells like. And then someone literally shit their fucking pants. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, thank yeah. you, McKinley, for the question. Yes, thank you. And thank you for listening. Of course. Next up, we have the old boil. <laughs> the old boil. <laughs> the old boil. <laughs> By now, I suppose you've heard the news about Regero Diodato passing. Which yes. Is, rest in peace, Regero Diodato. That yeah. was very sad. Very, very you know, sad. You know, one of the maestros, one of the greatest Italian directors of all time. I'm pretty sure we watched Cannibal Holocaust in, uh, in honor of did we not? Yeah. Yeah. 
Campbell Holocaust is a deeply flawed movie in many ways, but it's still an absolute horror masterpiece that continues to pack a punch to this day. Is there any other of his films you'd like to recommend? House on the Edge of the Park. House on the Edge of the Park is a big one. Because he made it the same year as fucking Campbell Holocaust, yeah. and I think it's a five out of five as well. Oh, yeah, it's fucking amazing. Uh, live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. I have not seen that if one. If you want to see like a crime film from Regero Dead Auto, it's very good. Uh, Raiders of Atlantis is, is wild. It, yeah. The they ending end. of that movie still baffles me to this day. Yeah, I still cannot tell you what the ending <laughs> even is. That one's really fun. Uh, Body Count is good as well. Mm-hmm. I need to watch Jungle Holocaust. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah, those are some Diodato films I would recommend for sure. Who did Cut and Run? I think it was Diodato. Was it Diodato as yeah. well? Yeah. I watched that years and years and years and years ago, but I don't remember anything about it. I I, I just remember hearing, hearing about it. I haven't seen it either. Uh, personally, he'd like to recommend Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man hey. from 1976. It's a Euro crime film, which was a genre of Italian movies inspired by Dirty Harry, The Friends Connection, Death Wish, and other highly violent, highly controversial, satirical Hollywood vigilante cop movies of the 70s. <laughs> So, of course, the Italian responded by making highly violent, highly controversial vigilante cop movies with none of the satire and twice the violence. Fuck. Would make for a great episode someday. And I 100% agree. I'd love to do some Plesio techies and Eurocrime films. I'm pretty sure we've talked about doing Eurocrime stuff. For sure. Live Like a Cop, Dog a Man's a great one. Yeah. I'd put it up there with, like, like uh, Costellari stuff like Big Racket and Heroin Busters and Street Law. I know at one point we talked about doing a Diodato episode. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. You just cover the stuff that doesn't get talked about as much. We as... should do an episode where we take like the maestros, like Fulci, oh, yeah. Diodato, Lindsay, and do their crime movies. Yes. Like I'd love to do like Contraband, mm. you know, Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. Maybe, yeah. maybe like a Almost Human or Tough Ones. Right. That'd be really cool. Oh, that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> but uh, thank you, old bull, for the question, as yeah. always. Thank you. Next up is Spooky Celluloid. Margarine-eating son of a bitch. <laughs> we watched all five hours of your collection video, Spooky, and you did nothing but piss me off. <laughs> your opinions are shit, son. I'm coming for that ass. <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> your opinion on August Underground makes me want to put nails under my toenails and kick a fucking wall. Makes me want to puke. <laughs> makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all right. If you could bring back any director to make one last movie, who would it be and why? I'd bring back Bruno Mattei to make <laughs> one last zombie movie. I think the reason is obvious. Also, what is your ideal first date? Asking for a friend. Ah, oh. Uh, <laughs> that's tough because it's like, now when we say we're bringing them back to make one last movie, are we bringing them back as they were currently? Like the last time they made a movie? Yeah. Or are we saying we're bringing them back in their prime? Because uh, that makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah, it's like my brain immediately was like, oh, Romero. Yeah. And then it was like, ooh, Land uh, of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even Land of the Dead, Survival of the Dead. Survival Because Land dead. is at least like fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> survival is like, woo. Oh, boy, this is not good. Woo, 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 woo. But if we could bring them back in their prime, then it would probably would be Romero. Yeah. Like I'd love to bring Romero back and have him either do his Resident Evil movie. Yeah. Because he was supposed to do Resident Evil. Yeah. Or uh, what was it, Dead, Dead Reckoning, which was what Day of the Dead was supposed to be. Yeah. Like, ha- have him actually have that budget and be able to create the vision he wanted to make. Yeah. Because that would have been fucking awesome. I'm going to go with a cop-out and bullshit answer with uh, Stanley Kubrick. 
Yeah, that could be cool. Because Kubrick actually was like, like, what was his last movie? I was watching it. Yeah. I mean, it's still pretty fucking good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've been meaning to watch that one forever, but I just haven't gotten around to it. It's wild. Shit. It's definitely like, I remember when it came out, it kind of got a lot of flack and like a lot of people kind of shit on it. But over the years, it's definitely developed a following for sure. And I think for good reason. It's, it's a weird one. Well, it tackled a lot of controversial subject matter. Yeah, it did. They're like so. more relevant today than they were then. Well, you know. <laughs> also, Fulci. Yeah. Like, if we could bring Fulci back in his prime, that would be fucking sick. Yeah. To do anything. I don't know. Maybe maybe make another Jalo. Yeah. Because I think Fulci's Jalos are actually very underrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Don't Torture a Duckling is arguably one of his best movies. Um, I feel like I'm more directors, but everyone, and I keep going to ones that are still alive. I really wish you uh, had seen Don't Torture a Duckling. Yeah. Because I want to talk about that ending so fucking bad. Oh, God. Because <laughs> it's like, even though it's like, you know, early Fulci, right? Like, before he started doing, like, the gore films, there's still a moment in it where it's like, man, that's so fucking Fulci. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you own it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I need to watch it then. It's a fucking awesome movie. Um, fucked up too in a way because it's like you know you know again it was kind of Fulci like pointing the finger at the Catholic Church yes and like it's a giallo but the victims are like children oh god yeah so you know it's really good really great fucking movie um what did his Hopper that could be cool yeah because he, did, he didn't do a ton but the movies he did are all like regarded as yeah they're all really fucking interesting yeah it's like I didn't I'm been meaning to watch it out of the blue I've got it sitting over there out of the blue I started it one day and I just wasn't feeling it. I want to bring Toby Hooper back. Yeah. And have him make a Texas Chainsaw movie. Another one? Yeah. Another one. Just to see what he would have done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't think he was ever interested in doing another one after two. But I think it could have been really cool to see what he could have done or what he would have wanted to have done with a third one. Oh, yeah. I think that would have been fucking cool, too. Yeah. Um, why did not break you going to directors who are still alive? You're like Joe B. Ghost. No, <laughs> I'm like my brain's like Carpenter. I'm like he ain't dead. He ain't dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> who was the thought he was? And he was like, oh, like, some website was like rest in peace, John Carpenter. And he was like, still alive, man. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I appreciate the, the love and whatnot, but uh, make sure I'm fucking dead next time. <laughs> make sure I'm in the ground, man. But uh, also. Ideal first date. Ideal first date. Drinks. Go out and have a few drinks. Get to know each other, actually. I was thinking going to a movie. See, I don't think a movie is a good first date, and I'll tell you why. Really? Because the ideal first date is to, to get to know each other. Oh, fair enough, I guess. If you're sitting in a movie, you can't say anything. That's true. You're just sitting next to each other in the dark, you know? <laughs> or if you go out and get some food, you know? Maybe yeah. if you know a little something about them, maybe, you know, plan something around it a little bit, you know. Yeah. Something like that. I guess, like, going out to going to a dinner or something like that would be probably the best first date, I guess. Yeah. Or a better first date. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But what should I know? I'm single and been single forever, so. I've been single for years. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we know? Don't listen to Spooky. <laughs> but thank you as always Spooky Even if we make fun of you You are amazing <laughs> We make fun of you Because we love you That's right If we didn't We'd just ignore you Next up we have The raw one He's a real raw one raw I did this one, one time And you've been continuing <laughs> it For some reason You've been doing 
<laughs> the username this dirty. <laughs> Have you ever thought about doing a New Year's resolution around film watching? Mine was to check out all seventy two video nasties this year. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> my God, I was already ten in, and many were on my watch list. Seems worthy cause. Yeah, good yep. go for it. I mean, also have fun when you get the snuff. Which of the seventy-two are your favorites? Not snuff. <laughs> snuff sucks ass. I did think about doing a uh, film uh, watching resolution of watching three hundred and sixty-five movies. Good God, which would be one movie a day. I mean, you're already doing pretty fucking well for yourself. Yeah, but like, I've missed well, several days already. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> Don't mean I can't get there. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to have to play catch-up on days. My goal for last year was at least get to 100. Mm-hmm. And little I know I surpassed that yeah. by a lot. I got to, like, two... I had the number somewhere, but I got to, like, 200. Like, like the late 200s, I think. And uh, I, was pretty, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. And 365 is a lot, though. Yeah, it is a lot. But like, like but I got to like 200 and something last year, so it's yeah. like not out of the realm of possibility. No, no. You know? I mean, fucking Mr. Parker. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Moods. Shout out. Shout out. They watch so much, so many movies a yeah. year. It's fucking insane. Like, they watch like 100 and something movies for their like year in uh, review episodes. Yeah. And it's fucking wild. And plus what they already watch also. <laughs> it's like I f- we follow them on Letterboxd and you just see like how many they've watched in the year and it's like 600 movies. And it's like, oh my gosh. Holy Jesus. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck did you do this? Like, I had to pad mine out a little bit with short films. <laughs> <laughs> We're just not as cool as they are. That's the problem. That's true. Which that means you probably should go listen to Two and Two Shots of Moods of Horror, not us, but you know. <laughs> Great they, fucking they podcast. Actually, they actually upload those when they say they are. <laughs> Great fucking podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, which of the 72 are your favorite of the video nasties? I mean, the first one that pops in my head when I think about the Cannibal video nasties is Cannibal Holocaust, yeah. which is unfair because that's just in my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time anyways. Well, yeah. Uh, but I'll shout out uh, Don't Go in the House. Don't Go in the House. That was one I watched last one. year for the first time and uh, really fucking liked it a lot. I thought it was really fucked up and Pretty really good. nasty. Yeah. Every single fucking video nasty has left my goddamn brain. I want to shout out Night of the Demon. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> because, uh, is it my favorite one? No. <laughs> it's pretty fucking great. Huh? Is it one of the funnest ones? <laughs> God, yes. It is so fun. If you'd also ride one, if you do not have which if you're doing this, I'm assuming you probably do, but uh, yeah. the video nasty box sets. Yes. From uh, Severn Films, which come with two documentaries and... Uh, there's two documentaries, and each set has a two-disc thing of, like, it's just trailers with introductions of the video nasties. Yeah. Fucking mint set. Oh, yeah. So good. We had it in the background while we were, uh, I think we were organizing your shit at one point. Yeah. And I don't know if Tenabre was one of the original 72 or the other 36, but I know Tenabre was definitely one of them, which that's, you know, <laughs> it's one of the greatest fucking jollos of all time. You know? Well. Spooky, um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I fucking love uh, Phenomena. Yeah. I don't know if that's... I don't think, I don't think it's real nasty. But yeah, I'll, I'll shout out Don't Go in the House. Excellent fucking movie. I don't know why my brain went to Die of the Demon, but it sure did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly feel like I unironically love that movie. It's a great fucking movie. It's fucking fun as shit. I love that movie, yeah. I think I've championed that movie for a while, like ever since I first saw it on like a real shitty DVD back in the day. Yeah. I mean, the soundtrack is horrible. The... The, the the flashback dream logic is 
incomprehensible. If you want to watch a movie where there's a flashback and a flashback. There's a flashback and a flashback. And a dream and a flashback. Yes. <laughs> as well as Bigfoot ripping someone's cock off. Yeah. I mean, that's the movie for you. And like two Girl Scouts, question mark, in the woods with butcher knives. Yeah. Oh my God, that fucking scene. And he just grabs their arms like, stamp one another. <laughs> Oh, incomprehensible, but amazing. <laughs> yes, it, it's a miracle that movie exists, and I'm glad it does. Uh, next up, thank you, Rawan, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Next up is the chairman of YouTube, <laughs> La Mister Parker, <laughs> La Mister Parker. <laughs> L.A. Mr. Parker. <laughs> He's hitting all these fools with the chair. <laughs> in the little dance. <laughs> He's hitting them with the chair of how many movies he watched last year. <laughs> what are some films you're looking forward to in 2023? Uh, one that comes to mind immediately because of the trailer. And we saw it months ago at this point. Fucking Megan. Megan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that one. Which is funny, because, like, I've been hearing good things about Megan. Yeah. And that almost disappoints me. Yeah. Because, like, the trailer looks so unbelievably bad yeah. that I was so excited at a chance of seeing a movie that shitty in the theaters. Yeah. But now people are like, no, no, it's actually just a really fun movie. I'm like, I kind of wish it was shit. <laughs> I kind of wish it was just a big ball of dogs. Big ball pile of dog shit. <laughs> dogs. Uh, one for me, which I think counts because, like, I think it got a um, festival run last year, but yeah. it's getting a wide release this year. Or wide is in, like, limited theatrical and it's going to shutter. Oh, yeah. Is a skin of a rink. Yeah, that trailer is wild. Yeah. Uh, it's dividing people. Yeah. Nobody seems to, like, have a grasp on it, really. No. But the trailer looks just insane and legitimately scary. Yes. So, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to skin of a rink for sure. I had there was a couple of things like I was looking at like what was going to come out this year. Plain, dude. Don't name a fucking <laughs> cocaine bear. Oh yeah, cocaine bear. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. cocaine bear because that trailer. Oh my God, just the premise alone mm. and the fact that it happened in Tennessee. Let's go <laughs> represent. We had a bear who ate. God knows how much cocaine. It's funny like how much they've embellished that story. Oh, Because yeah. in reality, the bear ate cocaine in 45 minutes was like, <laughs> it's fucking dead. I imagine it ran pretty fucking rampant for those 35, 45 <laughs> minutes before it was just like, <laughs> died of a massive cocaine overdose. <laughs> it was just a massive heart attack, imagine. <laughs> this bear's never been exposed to anything <laughs> that we have besides like the, the, the food we leave when we leave in the trash. And just gets exposed to the most amount of cocaine possible. <laughs> it has the, the fucking time of its life yeah. for 45 minutes and then just dies. It's probably not actually what happened. This bear lived like Oliver Reed <laughs> for 45 minutes. <laughs> for 45 minutes. <laughs> Oliver Reed's like amateur. <laughs> amateur. It's because Oliver Reed was a maniac. And somewhere where Wilson Wells like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the fridge champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking adore that video so much. It's so good. <laughs> it's way more entertaining than Citizen Kane was. <laughs> All right, uh, champagne commercial, take one. Is uh, is he gonna do something? Is he gonna say something? <laughs> no, you started out. Oh, uh, okay. take two. Oh, oh the French champagne. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one's like it's the the one that's used more is the third one. Yes. <laughs> oh, the French champagne. I don't know how we got on this. Uh, another one, of course, Sam Hale's dropping a film soon. Yes, very excited about that. Of course, I know there's a lot of people talking about. 
uh, coming up with shit this uh, this year. As I well. know Olaf Ittenbach's got a uh, Indiegogo currently. Oh shit! Which, really? Who knows if it's going to come out this year or not? But anytime Ittenbach is doing something, if I'm he's got Indiegogo, go fucking send money to that shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Profane exhibit if it actually comes out. <laughs> if uh, things haven't been fucked with that, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. All I know is that Stephen Byro posted on Facebook was like, "Well, there's been some problems with something Pro- with profane." Or did he just say something? he just said something? He was uh, like, "There's been some a problem with something." <sighs> Pretty much, is the whole post is just like, "Fuck." Same thing with the American Guinea Pig films. Like, I don't know if that's the, the, this year's the release dates for them or not. I've been seeing a, a little bit of stuff here and there, but if they are, then that'll be exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but Skinner Marink's the big one, even though I know it's like you know first movie of the year, really. Yeah, and it technically came out last year, but yeah, it's still a 2023 movie because it's getting a wide release this mm-hmm. year. So. I've heard great things about it, and I've heard people be like, "I don't, this is awful. I don't know what this is." I've seen people on Letterboxd who've seen it already give it a five and a half. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which the, I'm like, the margin of reviews is so huge that it's like I feel like I have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the chairman also asks, <laughs> "Who would you like to see make a comeback in 2023?" Who? Oh my! Excuse oh. me. <laughs> Who wants to see make a comeback in 2023? Oh, That's boy. tough. That's very tough. Damn. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I want to see John Carpenter make something. Honestly, that'd be cool. I mean, I, mean, I know David Cronenberg made a lot of movie last year. Yeah. So. I don't think it's... Has it got a wide yet? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Crimes well. of the Future. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did get uh, a wide release. forgot about that. It was, I mean, wide as Cronenberg gets now, but... Uh, <laughs> I always have faith in this guy. That like, one day he's going to come back and make <laughs> something great again. And not just... <laughs> be insane on Facebook. God damn. But uh, Jim Van Bamber. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, dog. <laughs> that man just spews conspiratorial rants on Facebook and just <laughs> goes ape shit. It's true. To the point where you just have to like block him. <laughs> but it's like, I, man, I go back and watch Debbie at Dawn and Manson Family. I'm like, this guy has so much fucking talent. Yeah. Like, he was so fucking good. Yeah. That like, it seems like such a waste. Well, it's because it is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Fred Durst back in the director's chair. Oh, no. <laughs> I actually see people actually like that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when I said that, you were like... <laughs> but now that you're unironically a Limp Biscuit fan... <laughs> Oh, don't you sit here and say I'm the only uh, <laughs> No, 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 I'll admit You it. started this. I know I did. <laughs> Look, I don't care. Roland's a banger. <laughs> Roland's not even the one I like that much. Well, but I don't know. Who else would I like to see make a comeback in 2023? Uh, I mean, it's cool to see a guy like Brendan Fraser making a comeback. You know? Oh, yeah, that's really cool. I want to see that, too. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to cry. I don't think that movie's going to be what the fuck just fell off your ceiling? I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> You're ceiling on it, bro. I hope not. <laughs> Again, I, I'm sure he's already made stuff. But I want to see Tim Ritter make something else. Yeah. He's still working pretty yeah, consistently with SRS. It's just not, you know. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I know they already dropped something last year, but I want to see a new Everything is Terrible already. Uh, everything is Terrible, yeah. I love their shit so much. Uh, I don't know. Should have researched this a little bit more for uh, yeah before we just started spewing shit. Yeah, I can't think of the guy's name. 
He directed Phantasm. Coscarelli? Yeah. By him. That'd be cool. That'd be cool, yeah. Yeah, it would be cool. I don't know. Anyways, uh, sorry, Ms. Parker, we failed you on this one. Yeah, we failed you. <laughs> I'm sure you got a great answer. Uh, last but not least, who would win at a pancake eating contest? Paul Newman or Artie Lang? <laughs> now, is Artie Lang not the guy that used to be on like, the Howard Stern show that went absolute ape shit? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I don't. I have a bad feeling I don't know who either of these men are. <laughs> well, you know, it's all right. Pull up a picture of them. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, well, you keep the fans entertained. Okay. Fans, fuck. I mean to say it. Listeners. Listeners. I hate the term fans. Yeah, I don't like it either. Um, I start thinking more directors who I'd like to see make a comeback. Joe. I ain't falling for that, dog. <laughs> you really think I'm going to fall for a Joe Mama joke? Yeah, already laying. There he is. Let me see. Let me see a picture here. Look at him. What's on the one side of the screen I can't fucking see. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this one? <laughs> Can you see this side? Yeah. He used to look like this. He used to look like this before he did so much cocaine. His nose turned into that. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> he's got the judge's nose from fucking uh, nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Yeah, he's got the dick nose now, man. That's rough. His nose collapsed because he did so much cocaine. Good God. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but it is. No, that's horrible. Yeah, and Paul Newman. Okay. There you go. Oh man! It's like who the fuck is this? I did, <laughs> you know, my money's on Artie Lang. He looks like he could eat more pancakes than anyone else. <laughs> Artie Lang could eat any more pancakes than any man. <laughs> I don't know, he might have some hard time fucking breathing while he's eating the pancakes. Poor bastard! Oh my god! God, that's horrible. <laughs> Is that, is that literally because of cocaine? That's what I heard. Now, that could just be like an internet rumor. Okay. But yeah, it's what I've heard is he did so much cocaine, his nose like collapsed. Fuck. <laughs> How much cocaine are you doing? He's the cocaine, cocaine bear. bear. <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's the fucking cocaine bear. <laughs> but Holy thank you, chairman of YouTube, Mr. Parker. Yeah, thank you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, next up is the Cemetery Bros. Cemetery Bros. <laughs> Which uh, check him out on QVC. Plus, he has, along with the guys from QVC, a short film coming out soon. Yes. Which I'm excited about. Yes, me too. Welcome to the new year, my dudes. Yay. <laughs> Glad to spend another year with y'all in the badass underground family. Same, same. Same, yeah. Thank what you. was your favorite movie you watched last year? <sighs> now we're going to go with 2022 releases or just in general? Uh... I feel like for me, it has to be just in general. Well, I'll go 2022, and you can go in general. Well, you talk while I look at what I watch. <laughs> my probably my favorite movie of last year uh, was was um, Bones and All. Bones and All. I know that's kind of a weird choice, and some people really hated that movie. And most people would be like, "It's nothing but a love movie or love movie." It's a Good love God. movie. My brain ain't working in the night. That's what happens when we work six days straight. Well, <laughs> after having COVID. <laughs> After having the Rona. You know, my lot of people, it's just a road romance movie. It's like, yeah, but it's got cannibalism, and it's deeper, and I don't know. I really dug it. But I also want to shout out Septic, but Brian Pond was great. Yes. Uh, Uncle Sleezo's Toxic Terrifying TV Hour was fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, Barbarian was very good. Uh, what else did I see? Uh, violent, like you said, Violent Night was awesome. Yes. Um, 
Yeah. The Out There Halloween tape was fucking great. Out There Halloween tape, man. Everybody needs to go check that shit out. It's so fucking good. Um, from last year, though, my favorite movie I probably that I remember seeing really is probably The Northman. The Northman was very good as well, yep. Because it was just very fucking solid. Yep. Um... Let's see here. Keep talking. Oh shit! What do you want me to do? Uh, just, just keep talking. Uh, dance, dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> now I ain't tones and I, goddamn. <laughs> oh god, why you bring tones and I? Well, you said dance, monkey. Oh, god, I wasn't talking about the fucking shitty ass song. I mean, goddamn, there's a lot of killers row movies here. <laughs> I watched a lot of really great movies last year. Uh, the one I'm, gonna, the two I'll go with. That were first time watches for me last year. Uh, Holy Mountain mm. and Perfect Blue. Mm. Yes, great movies. And uh, of course, as you said, as you said, there they're fucking fantastic. Yes, yes. The Holy Mountain is one of those. Uh, Holy Mountain and Perfect Blue are two of those movies you watch and you're like, yes. I uh, prefer Doggy Woggies, Poochie Woochies over Holy Mountain. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Doggy Woggies, Poochie Woochies is pretty incredible, but <laughs> I can't sit here and say it's better than the Holy Mountain itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you, Cemetery Bros, for the question. Yes. And can't wait to see that short film. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Of course. Next up, we have Shuck and Schlock. It's, it's Herschel Gillis. Yeah. Who is putting out a uh, deathmatch wrestling uh, event on DVD through Banana Bar. Yes. I ordered it. Did you? Yes. Hell, give me an order. Hell. Oh, hell yeah. Which, by the way... Herschel's first question is, can I get it? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. my best stone cold in a long time. <laughs> Extreme film director who you who should make a kid's movie. God damn it. Loose from Val- <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Big old yikes on that one. Darren Ramage. Make oh, a, my God. Make a for children. There we go. No. Um... Uh, a guy who I'd like to see, who I don't necessarily consider extreme, per se, uh, though I think all of his movies do have like disturbing elements in them, is Lucky Serretti. Oh, yeah. I think he would make an excellent kids movie. Uh, why did my brain go to Gaspar Noe? Gaspar, dude... That would actually be kind of incredible. Yeah. <laughs> see Gaspar Noe do a child's movie. That would be incredible. Oh, my <laughs> God. I don't know why my brain was like, Gaspar Noe. Gaspar Indeed. Noe. Jorg Pugarit. Jorg... <laughs> What's like, uh, did you know uh, John Waters did a Pink Flamingos for kids? No. Yeah, it's called like Kitty Flamingos. That's and, like, awesome. He has kids act out essentially Pink Flamingos, but, you know, for kids. You know, uh, Jess Franco did a kid's movie. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That'd be fucking awesome. It's like Al Adamson did one, too. He didn't yeah. do extreme movies, though. Uh, Brian Paul would be kind of cool, too. How, oh, my God. Because, you know, he comes up with cool creatures and oh, shit. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that'd be fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean... I feel like a go-to when it comes to that kind of category is like Dustin Mills. Oh yeah, 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 work. yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, I feel like that's a no-brainer on that. But Ittenbach is another one too. Yeah, I, I, there's something kind of whimsical about Ittenbach's movies, and that might be weird to say, but I think yeah. people who are fans would understand what I'm saying. I think he could do a kid, good kids movie <laughs> if he if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, fuck. About Sam Hale. Sam Hale doing a kid's movie? I'd love to see what it looked like. That would be wild. Same thing with James Bell. I'd love to see a kid's movie by James Bell. A James Bell kid's movie would still be traumatizing. <laughs> It'd still be a, a fucking hallucinogenic nightmare. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to see Marcus Cook. Oh yeah, that'd Marcus be sick. Cook, yeah, because he just has a vision for just wild visuals, like in his movies. And a uh, shout out to his mixtape series. Yes, MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Stuff. That shit's insane. Uh, uh, I got them. I got them all at Grindhouse. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, I watched them while I, I, I was recovering from fucking tooth surgery yeah. and shit. And uh, I was in a lot of pain, but <laughs> it was a fucking trip. <laughs> It was a nightmare. It, it, it's fair to say that. I think even he would describe them as nightmares. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you, uh, Mr. Herschel. Yes. Herschel Gillis. Herschel Who is also working on a short film. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. He gave some teases out there. Some pictures of a certain porn star. Oh. As uh, teases for what it might be about. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, you should know about this. We, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this. Yeah. We, we talk all the fucking time, <laughs> you know? But also go buy something from Banana Box releasing. Which oh, there yeah. Probably, more than likely, be some more sick on cinema collaborations coming soon. Yes. I know there's definitely something involving two, me. Yeah, something involving John. Uh, and something involving your boy mm-hmm. over here as well. And they'll be my and one in particular will be going to a good cause. So oh well, yeah, tune into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Next up, Yamatori.mh. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I've got I've got I've got gas in my stomach. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. What are your favorite wrestling promotions? Whew. Now we're talking all time. Uh, I said this to an all time and modern. Modern all time, easily. But it's a, it's it's kind of a specific, uh, Pacific specific era. Okay, I'm talking late '80s, early '90s, all Japan pro wrestling. You fucking mark. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, man. Masawa, Kawada, Kobayashi, Junakiyama, Jumbo Saruda, fucking Stan Hansen, Vader. <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna go with a time period like that, and you already chose all Japan, of course you did. You fucking ass, because that was a great fucking time period. Uh, I'm gonna go with early 2000s SmackDown oh. because the roster was fucking stacked. Yeah. You had Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, fucking Eddie Guerrero, Edge, so many fucking people who were just killing it. John Cena even. Mm-hmm. The stories were shit, yeah. but that that's not that's not why you watched at that point. You want you want to see Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar have a sixty minute Iron Man match. Yeah, that's still iconic. Favorite current promotion? <laughs> GCW. <laughs> I was gonna say I think it would be unfair not to pick NGW. Oh uh, well, fair. Which enough. is our home promotion, which is fucking excellent. <laughs> yes. If you don't, it, if you have the hot spots wrestling network side, you should go uh, watch those shows. They're fucking good. It, you'll you'll see our fat asses on screen. Yeah. Being like. Yeah, smacking the ring mat, just looking like blobs of humans. <laughs> smacking the ring mat and shaking for twenty minutes. <laughs> God damn! And uh, also, I'll give a big shout out to DDT Wrestling oh, Japan. Yeah. Going with all the Japanese wrestling, you. I, I love Japanese wrestling. Mar- I love Japanese wrestling. Also, shout out Freedoms. Oh, Freedoms fucking rules. <laughs> uh, TJPW. TJPW is great too. Yeah. Yeah. I love TJPW. Noah right now is actually killing it. Yeah, Noah's sick. <laughs> yeah. It's like last year, Noah, I feel like for us was a bit, was hit yeah. and miss. Yeah. But this year, they've been fucking killing it. And I feel like this is a little hint. Like, hey, you need to do something. Okay. Because they also ask, also, do you have a wrestling podcast? We do. Yes. Uh, and it will be coming back. It will be coming back soon. Whenever we can brave up and actually talk about t- WCW sold, sold out, out 2000. 2000. One of the most 
boring, fucking shittiest shows I've ever watched. But after that, we'll, we'll actually do something fun. What's it called? Where can they find it? Uh, it's Wrestling John and Matt, and I'm pretty sure it's on all streaming platforms yeah. because it randomly appeared on Apple. Woo! After we, <laughs> it took forever. I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Yamatori also says, also, Little Puck is mommy. Ah, yeah. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I mean, go check out John the Doe's uh, movie, Devilman uh, Reports and Doll. Yes, if you want to know why. <laughs> if something, something in that case, it's not the mommy you want. Uh, Unless some people want that. Hey, you know, hey, you do you. I mean, I guess there's worse ways to die. I guess. Yeah. Yamatori.mh. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Don't worry about I'm not mistaken. Is that not, not, not the person who sent us the fucking um, uh, Among Us thing? I'm pretty yeah. sure, yeah. 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 <laughs> you fucking ass. <laughs> All this Amongus bullshit. Among Us sent to me because of the goddamn fanzine that will. I ain't going to get back on it. Right. I can't. I don't have the energy. Taken by Madness 90. I like that username. Yeah. Happy New Year's. I discovered you guys last year. I'm a bit slow in catching up on all the episodes, which I'm very much enjoy. Oh, thank you. When did you guys first decide on making a podcast? Back in the Hise. Back in 2017, yeah. I think. And it was literally, John was like, I want to do a podcast again, because yeah. he, he had done other things before. I had done a couple podcasts. Yeah. That had come and gone. Yeah. And... You were like, I want to do another one. You want to talk about fucked up movies? Well, the catalyst was you were starting to get into extreme films. Well, yes. You were starting to ask me like for recommendations for extreme cinema. Yeah. And the, the, your excitement for them was getting me excited about them again. Yeah. And to talk about them again. And I was like, oh, shit. With this podcast, that gives me a reason to rewatch them. Yeah. You know, so it kind of became what it, what, it, what it is. Yeah. Where, it, where now, like... I have, of course, I haven't seen everything. John hasn't seen everything. No, no, no. He owns a lot of it, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, some might say too much. <laughs> I got, I got you something for Christmas. You did, yeah. Shout out Herschel. Thank yeah, you, shout out Herschel. Uh, and essentially, it was, it was, it was that. It was that. Like I was getting into this shit. John is seasoned, mm. and he was like, "Let's do a podcast." And, I, and it took a minute. Because we were just like, are we sure we want to do this? Yeah, and I had, and I bought our recorder that we're still using to this day. Yes, it's the same recorder, same mics. Yeah, the H two uh, Zoom is fucking excellent. <laughs> yeah, this thing, has, like, this thing isn't just used for that either. I used it for YouTube stuff. We've used it for all kinds of shit. Yeah, it's it's really great. Like, there's the infinite, there's been projects that you've worked on that haven't seen a lot of day. Yeah. <laughs> that we're used that we use this fucking thing. It's fucking excellent. Not sponsored, by the way. Just no, 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 point that out. I'm just saying the H4N Pro is uh, <laughs> fucking excellent. It was worth its money. <laughs> yes, it's worth the the pros. Yeah, yeah. So we decided like, oh, let's do this is podcast, and we did Marindora. Rough start. <laughs> it was a rough start. And we did it all the way up to, what, 2018, 2019? Uh, I think it was 2019. Uh, because I remember... Uh, it was it was like early 2019 that we stopped. Mm-hmm. Because we were going through some shit. Yeah. Uh, ment- mentally. And uh, I guess in our personal lives. That we were just like, let's... Just stop for a while. Yeah, let's just take a step away. And figure our shit out and what's going on. And then in 2020, 2021? 2021. 
we uh, we decided to come back because like 2020 like it was dog shit year as we, as you all know and but the it was before the iceberg showed up yeah and I remember me and you were starting to get back into this shit again mm-hmm. we were like oh let's start it back up yeah and uh, here we are yeah that's that's the story of Sick on Sick. Yeah, that's that's the short, the short and uh, probably boring yeah. <laughs> story of how we got here. What were some of the obstacles you faced when trying to record the first episode for Sick on Cinema? Oh man, it's been so long ago. I don't know if I even remember. For me, it was just getting used to the fact that you know me and you talking and other people were hearing it. Honestly, it wasn't until the second run of the show that we both became a lot more comfortable. Yeah. And I think it was just about like, you know, let's just record this as though we're just talking to each other. It also helped that I got on medication. <laughs> that's true. For anxiety. That's the big truth. Because uh, that's been one of the best things I've done for myself. Yeah. Because I was in a terrible fucking place. Anxiety ridden. You know, just a mess of mental health. <laughs> and uh, I feel like me and you are just more comfortable yeah. just talking in general. Yeah, it just became about like, like that first episode, it was just like, it was us trying to learn not to be so rigid. Yeah. And just... Be go open. with the flow yeah and be open without i guess being too open to the like it's always weird. so weird when people are like oh man your all's podcast is so funny yeah because i'm like literally the only thing we do is just try to make each other laugh <laughs> you know like we don't think about jokes we don't plan jokes no nothing on the show is planned besides what the episode is yeah we literally just sit down turn the mics on and try to make each other laugh it's like we'll talk off air about it about movies we've watched like this week has had a lot of discussion yeah for sure about how we even want to talk about this shit but that's yeah. for later but yeah, all this shit's extremely improvised. No jokes are written or anything like that. Um, last but not least, he said, "Keep it wicked, brothers." And I rep the Butter Gang. Much love. Hell yeah, gang, gang, <laughs> gang, gang. Throw them up, throw them up, <laughs> Butter Gang. Where my motherfucking gang at? <laughs> Where my motherfucking gang at? <laughs> I want to see Nick Gage wrestle live. I do too. That'd be fucking awesome. Uh, thank you, Taken by Madness 90. Very much appreciated. Yeah, thank you so much. Next up, we have Hal Monastone. What's up, Hal? <laughs> How's it going, Hal? <laughs> How's it going, Hal? Hiya. Happy New Year, amigos. What are some animation movies you recommend that are not Disney, Ghibli, Pixar, or DreamWorks? Uh, again, not for kids, but... Perfect Blue. We Perfect Blue, earlier. yeah. Akira. Akira. Oh, Akira fucks. Uh, Ghost in the Shell is also uh, a movie that I would say fucks. I need to watch that. I have not seen that. There is a anthology that's almost horror-esque, I would say. Yeah. Uh, called Memories. Memories, yeah. That's also very excellent. Uh, Monster is it, House is another one I would recommend. Dude, Monster House fucks. It's so good. I like. I remember like I, I goofed on it for a while, and then I rewatched it as an adult. And I was like, this movie's funny, mm-hmm. and it's very charming. I'll be seeing you later. <laughs> <laughs> Paranorman is great. Yes, I love that one a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of like. My brain immediately when when someone's like, <laughs> "Don't pick these." Yeah, my brain's like, "Pick them, pick them." It's like, no, stop, stop, brain. Could be a piece of shit. <laughs> Which paranormal? It could be DreamWorks. Oh, it might be. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, fuck. Uh, one that I could recommend that is uh, 
technically a kids movie. Yeah. Uh, that will destroy your day. Oh God. Is uh, when the wind blows. Yeah, well, yeah. It's uh, a great fucking movie. Go back in the archive and listen to our depressing episode about that one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to shout out one that is animated, but it features real people. I'm going to go with um, it's a short film series called uh, Food. Oh. It's a it's a it's stop motion and it's such a just weird art house animation where it's like people will like eat like an entire table or something like that or eat plates and shit. I watched it last year and it's fucking really fun. Hell yeah. Um I'll shout out a series okay that I quite enjoy. Uh don't hug me. I'm scared. Oh yeah. I love that. And there's a new series that I need to watch. Yeah, I've heard that's actually more for kids actually. Really? I yeah. I still think it'd be excellent. Which I, saw, I remember who was talking about it. They were like, they made Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared into a show actually for kids. <laughs> Why did you, how many kids are going to be traumatized? <laughs> I'm like, I don't think they're going as hard as they were on in the YouTube days. But. Uh, speaking of traumatizing people, uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, that was my first experience being traumatized with something as a kid. Uh yeah, that, that that was rough as a as a child, but uh, as a adult, like, the cartoon kind of fucks. It does, yeah. Um, Bacchano. Oh yeah, yeah. Bacchano. It's not a movie, though. It's not a movie. It's a series. It's it's a short series, but mm-hmm. it, it's fucking wild. I tell you, um, oh shit, I just forgot. Oh no. Oh no. As a Batman fan, yeah. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, did we watch this? Uh, probably. I know we watched a lot of those. It is one of my favorites. I, I love it. Uh, the the Dragon Ball Z movies are fun. Yeah, yeah most of those are really yeah. good. Yeah. I think like the Full Metal Aquas movies. Yeah. Even though they always piss me off with the endings. They never know how to end that damn show. No. <laughs> it's like a fucking American Horror Story. It's like, they <laughs> just never knew how to end that show. No, they didn't. It's, uh, it's like, was it the 80s one? It was the last one I watched. I didn't watch it. And, like, it just kept going after, like, everything came to a conclusion. It's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Um, Next up, Hal asks, top three vampire flicks. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. Um, number one's Martin. Martin is really good. And probably Lost Boys and Fright Night. I know those are probably basic answers, but that's what it is. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with M- Martin. Uh, Fright Night. And I'm, I'm going to go with the OG Dracula. Ooh. Because, uh, Ooh. huh? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I think that movie's actually really but, uh, good, of course. It's so good. It's so good. Blah. Yeah. I'm going to suck your dick. I mean, bud. God damn. That video is so fun. Yeah, Martin's my favorite. Even though Martin is one of those like, is he a vampire? Is he not a vampire? It don't matter to me. I'll tell you what's one that's just like that, that's a modern one that's fucking incredible. Especially since we've been shitting on Christmas Bloody Christmas quite a bit these last couple episodes, (laughs) is a bliss. Yeah. Bliss is fucking awesome. I love that movie. I need to rewatch it. It's been a long time. Uh, Hal's recommendation for an album this week is the time, this time is Soul of State Survivor from 1979 by Yellow Magic Orchestra. Cheers, and the cat laughed, the dog wrote a letter, and I'm sitting here with a fucked up steak. Uh, Album recommendations. I've been listening to quite a bit. Trying to, anyway. Uh, I don't know if I've got anything this this episode. (sighs) 
I probably, I probably said this already, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Idols, joys of active resistance. Yeah. Amazing post-punk. But uh, thank you, Hal. Yes, thank you. As always, amazing person. You rule. Yes. Next up is the OGPM. The People's Mikey. People's Mikey. Howdy, my dudes. Ready to get 2023 going. Well... <laughs> Rough start. Love that on this episode, you guys are going to be covering the West Memphis Three. Yep. That story would be the reason I started looking into our justice system and saw how fucked it is. Yep. <laughs> Not sure how deep into the satanic panic you guys are into, but are there other stories which haven't been covered that you would like to see brought to people's attentions? Oh, my God. Like always, keep up the great work. I don't mind the Q&As being long. They always bring me good laughs. Take care. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Cheers. In the year 2023. Hell yeah. This would be more up your alley. Oh, I can never remember the name of the school, but that one where it was like the kids were like, oh, they flushed us down the toilet. Oh, yeah. Was I it, do remember was that. Was it the McMartin High School? Yeah. Uh, not high school. No, fucking, it, was, it was like a daycare. Yeah, daycare one. Mm. That one's fucked up. Yeah. Because it's just like, God damn. That one's frustrating as shit. The thing is that there, there is like so many. Mm-hmm. Um... But, of course, my brain doesn't want to think of a single goddamn one of them right now. <laughs> when um, it comes to satanic panic, the only thing I think about is, like, the famous, like, people versus the music industry. Oh, yeah. With the Tipper Gore. Oh, God. Tipper Gore! <laughs> <laughs> Who went off on Tipper Gore? Jello Biafra. <laughs> oh, yes. Love Jello Biafra. I had to... It's unsubscribed from his YouTube channel because it's way too negative for me to handle. Honestly, like when it comes to the pa- satanic panic, like it's something I know about, but I know more about like the music side of things. Like when they try to sue Ozzy and Judas Priest. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, like Wasp and Twisted Sister and all these bands were brought into fucking court over like trying to ban, you know, yeah. like explicit music and like, you know, churches were bringing in albums and playing them backwards and be like, don't you hear what it says? Yeah. You know? That's the satanic panic I know. When it comes to like the true crime aspect of it, I'm pretty much only familiar with the West Memphis Three. Yeah, the I think it's Big Martin uh, preschool. That that one's fucked up. Um, the whole rabbit hole of like maybe it's conspiracy theory, maybe it's not conspiracy theory. Who the fuck knows? Of Johnny Gosh and the Franklin cover-up. Oh, is that Satanic Panic? Yeah. Okay. That has a hand in it. Because there's definitely, like, Satanic Panic stuff in there. There's the whole Satanic ritual abuse type stories that you hear about. Geraldo Rivera here. God damn. Speak about how the devil is taking over your children through metal music. I have a whole fucking documentary that I have saved uh, that Geraldo did. And it's just like... (laughs) Fuck, man. The satanic panic bullshit was so dumb. It's like, it's just a bunch of goth kids. Yeah. Who are just smoking cigarettes and fucking listening to music being like, I'm sad today. But, but, down the hot topic. <laughs> yeah, it's just the South Park goth kids. But they just listen to the fucking cure and like smoking cigarettes and it's just like, oh, God. Yeah. God. God damn. It's, it's fucking fascinating because I, like, you know, growing up in the, uh, the Bible Belt in a Ooh. Christian household. Yeah. You know, luckily, my parents were never like that. Thank God. Like, they would let me listen to and watch 
Because they like, you know, he's a good kid. He's doing what he's supposed to do. We yeah. know that he's not. <laughs> yeah. Worshiping the devil. Yeah. <laughs> well, get away from that. Fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> We're going with the old school days with the bugs in the room. <laughs> yeah, we are. Fuck. Um, uh, yeah, but that was pretty much my household as well. Of course, my parents grew up in the like heat of that shit. Mm-hmm. So they were... Of course, they were already like, that's the shit's dumb. Yeah. So, they're like, I was allowed to like watch Family Guy as a kid, which was not probably not the, for the best for my fucking uh, <laughs> my future. But, um, I, I I was pretty much allowed to listen to whatever I wanted to as well. It just so happens that John up here was in control of my MP3 player. And he just loaded it with like System of a Down, Dead and Kennedys, Dead Kennedys, <laughs> radicalized me at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you, People's Mikey, for the question as always. Yes, we look forward to more in the new year. Of course. Next up, we have Morbid Horror Productions or Morbid Horror Prod. Mm. You, you mean Pod? You said Prod. P R O D. Oh, I think it's Productions. I think it's like you know. Uh, not okay, just gotcha. the podcast, but also Deviant and yeah, f- fair. the new short film coming out from Brandon Terry. Fair who, enough. You know, you should go check out when it's available. Yes. And also go listen to Morbid Horror Podcast presented by Severed Cinema. It's fucking great. Yes. Uh, he's looking for a co-host. I don't know if he's found one just yet. Oh, shit. You know, if that spot's still available and you want to get into this, maybe hit up Brandon Terry and ask him if it's available. Yeah. You know, we look, to, we look forward to more. You know, we were on Morbid Horror. It's great. He's yes. fucking awesome. He... It, my he God. has his shit together way more than we do <laughs> when it comes to doing this shit, dude. Just seeing like his note taking and like his the research he did for the episode, I felt like I'm a sitting novice. Here, I'm man. sitting here with my phone, being like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt like a novice when it came to that shit because he's just like, you know, just writing down and like crossing things out. I'm like, holy shit, he he's got his shit together. I don't. Uh, but having said that, his question is: Oh no, would you rather get paid by a very girthy fifteen-inch dildo for an hour, or shove a pencil at least halfway down your dick? <laughs> now, 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 Brandon, I was shouting you out pretty hard here. I don't know why you gotta do this. Why you gotta do this this way? God damn it! Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't want either of these. Like, how girthy are we talking? I mean, 15 inches is pretty fucking big. That's big. That's big. That's a, that's gonna pale your ass. And if we're talking girthy, is it like the size of my arm or some shit? I assume so. That's gonna rip your ass in half. I don't want to do any of these things. No. This this is nightmare logic here, like, dude. I don't want a big ass dildo shoved in my ass for an hour. No. But I also don't want anything in my penis. Yeah. <laughs> This is a lose lose situation here. Unless you're the guy from uh oh, from a Chris Rage's movie. <laughs> yeah. That's dumb figure my dick hole. You see that? You see that? Yeah, we see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, terrific. Um Fuck. I don't know. I hate I'm, these kind of questions. I don't know, man. There's no right answer. No. Fuck. I mean the pencil's gonna be quicker. <sighs> yeah. But that just seems so fucking horrific. And what if it breaks? Oh, are you going racer in first, or are you going fucking... A racer in first? Well, what if the lead gets broke off in there? Dog, at least with the lead in, it's like, yeah, it might break off, and it's that's... that's are gonna you sharpening it first? <laughs> are you going mechanical, or number two? If it's mechanical, then I'm taking all the lead out of it. <laughs> that's a good idea. I've been in that situation, I'm going mechanical. <laughs> I'm taking all the lead out of it. Oh, well, there's the piece on the end of it, though. That yeah, that little, that little piece of, you know... Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's the that ain't going in nowhere. No, and an hour like if it wasn't an hour, 
I mean, it still would be good, but an hour is a long time, That's man. That's a long time to have 50 <laughs> inches just... of an arm up your ass <laughs> just destroying your innards. I don't know, just man. Just a fucking juggernaut up your ass. <sighs> Fuck it, the pencil. All right. <laughs> the pencil. That's I, that's my last that's my last uh, uh that's the final there. answer. That's the final truth. And it's going to suck. Yeah. But an hour's a long ass time. An hour's a long time, and that's what swayed me to the pencil too, because it's like an hour is so fucking long. Because at least with the pencil, you can you can put it in, just pull it back out, pull it back so, out. It's gonna be horrific, but it's gonna be horrific, and you're going to be you're gonna scar yourself for life mentally and hopefully not physically. <laughs> but with the fucking dildo, it's it's massive. Yeah, and it's just going to be pushing your fucking like guts up inside. <laughs> Your lungs are going to be out your mouth. How the fuck are you going to get that in? With the most amount of lube humanly possible. You're going to have to like have a gallon that should dip it in. <laughs> Just a bucket of lard. Just a, bu- <laughs> Just a bucket of lard. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, thank you, Moradorabod, for uh Why'd you do this to us, Brandon? <laughs> for the question. <laughs> <laughs> this became such a dilemma for no reason. Next, go. Space Ghost Andy. Space Ghost Andy. 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 Space Ghost Andy asks, got any plans for the new year? Um, We do. Yes. We have some interesting stuff that we don't really want to get into in full detail. No. Uh, but we do have a show, spinoff show planned. Yeah, that we're thinking about doing. Yes. That will probably be on YouTube. Yes, if it does not get obliterated by the censorship right now. Yeah. You also will probably, more than likely, be seeing the first ever merch drops. Yes. Which, you know, we're waiting to see how that works out first before we announce it. And uh, we got plenty more episodes planned and special guests, including, do you want to go ahead and announce the next episode right now? Uh, Sure. Uh, The next episode is going to be with Spooky. He's back. He's back, baby. The August Underground hating, margarine loving <laughs> son of a bitch himself. But Jess Franco loving. Yes. Spooky Celluloid. He's going to be talking about that man himself. Jess Franco. Jess Franco. Because he's never going to put out that Jess Franco video. <laughs> so you might as well come on our podcast and talk about Jess Franco. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Why you going to do him like that? Like, I hear something like, Jess Franco videos that never come out. And I'm just sitting over here sitting on a back catalog of shit I need to edit. I can say the same shit about you. Yeah, you can say the exact same thing. But uh, a Gigi Allen video that's just sitting in limbo. But, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Space Ghost Andy, for the question, and yes. keep on the lookout for all that. Yeah. Hopefully. And last but certainly not least, in this very long fucking listener question, which feels like we're just delaying the inevitable. <sighs> <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this in a way. Is Brady Hansen seven? What up, fellas? So, I wasn't planning on asking a question this week, but but when I read Morbid Horror's Prod's question, now I can't resist. Oh no. <laughs> Would you rather have to look deep into your parents' eyes every time you bust? Oh, my God. (laughs) Or live stream every time you crank one out so anyone on the internet connected can watch. This is the shit my coworkers and I ask each other to make the day go by faster. And I'm excited to see what you two land on. Can't wait to see what you guys come up with this year. Now... Now, I just want to bring this up real fast. I hope y'all realize my father's dead. <laughs> so the idea of staring into my father's dead eyes every time I have to bust <laughs> is horrific. I'd rather live stream it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
God rest his soul. I love that man. But I don't ever want to even think about that. Oh my God. That- <laughs> you good? I was not ready for that. <laughs> Holy fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. Fuck. <laughs> that might be the darkest thing I've ever said on this oh. show. <laughs> the look of just like near unconsciousness oh. on John's face. I'm Francis B. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Fuck it, eh? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just announce it to everybody on the Sigon Cinema Instagram page and just <laughs> do it on the fucking live stream. Yeah, after the live stream, then look at your parents' eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Yeah, I, br- I just want to bring this up real fast before we cut to our fucking little break here, okay? Yeah. Y'all ask these questions about having a 50 inch dildo <laughs> up your ass or looking in your parents' eyes while you nut. Yeah. On the same episode, we're talking about the death of three children. <laughs> you fucking monsters. <laughs> We love you all. We love you all. <laughs> thank y'all so much for the questions. Oh, thank you, Brady Hanson Seven. That led to one of the fucking moments of all time. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck. I don't know where to go. Thank you all <laughs> for asking us questions. <laughs> if you would like to join these lovely human beings, you can do so by going to sickoncinema at gmail.com. I'm going to hell for that one. Or you can wait to the week of the episode. We're pretty much a bi-weekly podcast. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and we'll post a lovely image with skeletons going, Woo! that says we're taking questions. You can ask in the comment section below. <laughs> oh, we got to get untickled. Uh, oh, well, this has been a long segment. Maybe the longest fucking listener question segment ever. Holy shit. And uh, yeah, when we come back, we're talking dead kids. Let's do this. <laughs> Paradise Lost. Welcome to hell, everybody. Yeah, we get real sad. <sighs> All right, we'll be back. We'll be back. Was it a broken dream? An unfinished memory? What terrible secret drew Susan to the mausoleum? I didn't mean to scare you, Mrs. Farrow. She gave her soul to the evil force in the mausoleum. What's the matter, Susan? What God's name is? The secret haunts her, and she cannot control the power. There's some strange shit going on in this house. What are you talking about? What's wrong with my wife? She's not your wife. The woman you're living with looks like Susan. She looks exactly like your wife, but she's not your wife. She lives in horror as she tries to escape the demon she has become. Obviously, we're not going to be able to confine her. What do you suggest? Go to the mausoleum 
tonight. A new dimension in fright. An experience of untold terror. This is evil! I am going to finish what the father died trying to do! Are you brave enough to enter the mausoleum? And we're back. Yeah, we are back. This is definitely not coming out the day we said it was going to come out. Sorry, guys. It's late at night, and uh, I got to go work. Yeah. So I'll probably edit this before I go to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still got to send you an audio thing, too. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're pieces of shit. That's all right. Our, our listeners know that. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so, um, again, let's just go ahead and get this. Out of, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way. We talked, we talked about it earlier, but massive content warning. <laughs> For what we're about to talk about, because um, this again, this shit's real. Yeah, I this, love how you're saying on a podcast that covered like you know Roscoe the Embalmer, well, the Wasteland, and the just, Bridge. For some reason, my brain these three are worse. Uh I don't think so. I honestly think so because of the imagery you see and but, just, but everything. films is nothing but dead. <laughs> Nothing but dead. I, also, this is all this is all kids too, man. Yeah, I guess so. And I don't know that that just adds a layer of grominess to everything. So before we get to the movies, kind of like we always do, let's talk a little bit like how we got introduced to this stuff, how we heard about yeah. it for the first time. Uh, for me, it actually all came through skateboarding. <laughs> Ironic. I know. Between the years of like 05 and 08, I can't pinpoint exactly when it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was heavily into skateboarding. Still am. I just don't skate anymore. But I still love watching skateboarding and all that shit. I think you still could if you wanted to. I am way too fat and broken. <laughs> <laughs> I can't walk around my store without my legs being like, you're done, you're done, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I was looking for a new board. You know, because mine was getting old and probably ready to break. It was probably cracked or some shit. I don't know. But I was looking for a new skateboard, and I saw that Zero had a board out called the West Memphis 3. Yeah. And it was uh, just, a, just a black skateboard with the famous mugshots of the West Memphis 3. And I was like, ooh, what is this? That's interesting, you know, because it's very stark. Yeah. You know, very, uh, very like, it draws you in. So I Googled it, discovered who the West Memphis Three were. Yeah. Became pretty invested in the case. And uh, before, uh, the, uh, the weird thing is the first Paradise Lost movie I ever saw was Paradise Lost 2. Weird. Uh, because in college, you know, <clears throat> about the same time, 2007, 2008, probably 2008, probably. Yeah. Um, I uh, took a uh, writing class and we watched Paradise Lost 2 and the assignment was to write a paper on that documentary and case without putting any opinion into it at all. So it had to okay. be just critical analysis of what it was. Gotcha. You couldn't put any of your opinion in it at all. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, that. so I had a leg up in that, though, because I already knew everything about the case. <laughs> so... You know, and then I would watch Paradise Lost one, and then when Paradise Lost three came out, I watched them all three again. And this was the first time I've seen them probably since Paradise Lost three came out. Right. I was introduced to this um, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty early. Like I, I did, I was not old enough to understand anything. I was going on with this. I was too stupid. <laughs> I was too young and stupid. And I think you said something about it in passing. Mm-hmm. Where I don't 
I don't think you had any of the movies or anything like that. No, I never owned them because when I was growing up, we had HBO. Yeah. And we had HBO on demand. And on yeah. HBO on demand was the Paradise Lost movie. So yeah. I need to wanted to watch them, I could watch them there. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how the conversation started, but again, I was a, a child and you're, and you're essentially like, don't watch it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, gotcha. And I didn't think about anything with the story until many, 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 many years later, I came across a YouTube video about it, and then it just, I was like, okay, I think I remember something about this, and then I watched the first one. Yeah. And I watched the second one, but I never got to the third one until this this time through. And, of course, the last podcast episodes. Yeah. And other true crime podcasts that talk about it. This is a heavily talked about story. Oh, yeah. This is a famous, 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 famous. Probably one of the most infamous cases out in, there, really. In U.S. history, at least. For sure, I would say. I mean, well, the media coverage of it is, you know, massive. Well, there, there's multiple documentaries. There's multiple videos about it. Books. There, books. There is shows about it. Uh, again, as I said, podcast episodes. So much. Yeah. Again, it, feel, it feels like it, a year doesn't go by without this, this story being brought up at least once yeah. in the media. So, we're starting in 1996. Yeah. Directed by Joe... Bear... Bear how you say uh, his name? Ber- Berlinger? Berlinger. For some reason, I did not write down any of the fucking dates like an idiot. <laughs> well, I wrote down the dates. I just didn't write down the directors. The uh, man who also directed Book of Shadows. <laughs> which, that is a bit odd. Huh? And some kind of monster. <laughs> you know, that's something. Which, some kind of monster is great. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to rewatch it myself. I remember watching it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a massive therapy session. It is. Yeah. But it's awesome. <laughs> but it's uh, the directors are Joe Berlinger and Bruce Sanofsky. Well, who passed away? Yeah, he passed away yeah. uh, after the uh, conclusion to, mm-hmm. the, to the series. It was not too long ago. No, I think it was 2017. Yeah. So... You know, if you don't know, basically Paradise Lost tells the story of, in 1993... 93, I'm pretty sure. Um, three young boys were murdered in Robin Hood Hills. That was uh, Christopher Byers, uh, Stevie Branch, and... Uh, Michael Moore. Michael Moore. And uh, Robin Hood Hills in West Memphis, Arkansas. Yeah. You know, for a few months there was a, a search to figure out who did it. You know, to find some suspects. Yeah. And they came down to arresting three teenagers uh, who were Damien Eccles, Jesse Miss Kelly, and Jason Baldwin. Yeah. Um, who were kind of your local ruffians, but not like... I mean, ruffians in the sense that, like, Damien and Jason got in trouble one time for, like... Like, riding something like on, a, like, on like a wall or something like that, or... Mm. No, they... they, they uh, destroyed like a old car or something like that it was like a oh it was already like a junkyard type thing they were the kind of kids in town that like you know everyone knew who they were and they had a reputation yeah but nobody really knew who they were <laughs> yeah they had a reputation mostly based on what they look like they were the weird kids yeah uh, so they were arrested for the crimes and ended up being eventually being convicted of the murder of the three children with very little evidence <laughs> very little is a Understatement and a lot of uh, hearsay evidence as well. Yeah, you know, 
There's a lot, a lot of, of superlative yeah. evidence. And as mentioned during their list, listener questions at a point of the show, as uh, People's Mikey pointed out, this is during the, I'd say the tail end probably, if not the... You know, the, the downslope a bit of the satanic panic. That was I don't know if it was on. the downslope. I think this is like the moment. You think this is the peak? Yeah, okay. this is where it peaked. Fair enough. Because um, it, it wound up with three people in jail. I guess that would be the peak, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And Paradise Lost essentially follows the trial. Yeah. And a little bit of like following the families of the victims and how everyone's dealing with everything and the thoughts. And uh, the first movie is very interesting in that it, it's very... It's not unbiased, but it's not super biased. Yeah, it definitely has its finger in the innocent camp without completely forcing the viewer's hand. Yes, yeah, it doesn't show its hand too much. It allows the the three to you know look bad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's Paradise Lost essentially. What the first one is. Yeah, the first one is. Um, it's pretty much the dis- discovery of the children, the trial, and the aftermath. Yeah, and the conviction. Yeah. So, <laughs> how, how, how do you want to start this? Uh, I don't know. Um, it's a powerful documentary. It, yeah. It, it, it's definitely, you know, it's a moment in time that will never really ever be recaptured to. No. Like, the access that they got to the courtroom is unprecedented. I think the last time we saw a courtroom, you know, as highlighted as it is here, of course, is like the OJ trial mm-hmm. and making a murderer to an extent. Yeah, but even then, you don't really like the old footage, you know, they're filming yeah. in the courtroom, but the newer footage, it's all. You know, it's either C-SPAN footage or audio. Fair enough. You know, these filmmakers were literally allowed to go into the courtroom. Yeah. They just weren't allowed to film the uh, the jurors. Yeah, they weren't allowed to film the jurors or any uh, any anyone given testimony that was wanting to remain anonymous. Exactly. So that's in, in itself is pretty crazy. Like, you know, you really would not see that nowadays. And for good reason, I mean... Yeah, to an extent, I do feel like in a way it does, uh, you know, restrict the you know freedom of press to an extent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I definitely can understand why, especially after the first. Oh, for sure. In this series, I mean, the, the, the complications it caused the West Memphis, Arkansas justice system is uh, is a lot. <laughs> well, it's like after we watched these, I kind of I went down the rabbit hole a bit. Mm-hmm. Of this story, and I think that's the thing with this story too is there are so many rabbit holes to go down. Yeah, like there's the rabbit hole of what the town is now. It's like the town since 1990, which you know three years before, was like a certain uh, number. I don't have it in my head right now, but it's dropped 15.2 percent since the crimes occurred. Mm-hmm. Which, again, that's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, for a town to drop that much of population in. You know, from then to now. One thing I will say about the Paradise Lost movies, it doesn't really give you a snapshot of the town too much. No. Like, it, you don't really learn the layout of the town or what it's like, really. That would be more of your second and third one. Yeah. But it does feel like, like, it feels like a place around here. You know what I mean? Like, everything's kind of spread out. Yeah. You know, you, you got to drive a couple hours in any direction to get anything substantial. Yeah. You know, everybody knows everybody. Yeah, pretty small town. Yeah. Rule. 
redneck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's fair to say. Uh, um, poor. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it, that is a big part of this too. Is uh, West Memphis is like even though it's located between two of uh, the biggest highway systems in America with the I think it's the I fifty five and I forty. Mm-hmm. Um, it was known as the crossroads of America from like the fifties, you know, onward. Yeah, it's still one of the. It's still a poverty stricken town. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I went too far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the movie, the documentary, it's just like the the way to describe it is it's just very fucking powerful. Yes. Um, the opening moments of this documentary will haunt me to the end of my days, probably. <laughs> yeah, it starts. It's one of the most. I keep saying powerful, but it is. It's power- and heavy. Yeah, openings I've ever seen to a documentary where you get the first few plucks of "Welcome Home Sanitarium" by Metallica. Yeah, which if you're familiar with the song, it is a very um, somber song. Yeah, and you get these uh, police footage of the crime scene, but it just starts with them talking about which bicycle was on the left or right. Yeah, and then you kind of go into this little wooded area, and then you are smacked right in the face with the image of three dead mutilated little boys <laughs> yeah as welcome home sanitarium plays and the combination of those two things is fucking haunting <laughs> yes the best way to describe it like it, it's a gut punch like not many other you will get in a movie <laughs> no this movie has two major gut punch moments yeah it's beginning and, and it's, it's end. end yeah <laughs> um and with with this one, like the crime scene itself is like it's completely up to speculation at this point. Mm-hmm. Like it's been talked to death to the point where, like, it's hard to make heads or tails of exactly what happened. Yeah, um, for sure. It's like especially since the crime scene was not handled with care either by what, the police department. But we've talked about this before, where it's like, you know, this is a rule town police department who've never seen anything like this was well, like there was a crime that happened on our street probably around the same time uh, maybe no probably in the early 90s for sure where um there was uh, there was a double homicide at the end of our road actually and they actually did a pretty good job there yeah but this crime scene is different mm-hmm. because police had insight on that one in at the end of our road. Yeah, they literally stumbled across this crime scene. Like I, I was reading, you know, I did. I was reading the book as well as, um, you know, listening to the last podcast episodes as well as other shit. I again, I, I made sure to be prepared as much as possible for this. Mm. Um, and one of the police officers was, you know, notified by uh well we'll get into him later but jerry drivers one of his crew members mm-hmm. which jerry drivers like, you can call him a witch hunter sort of <laughs> fucking asshole now <laughs> hey, john he is you know damn well he is yeah he he watched a, a satanic panic documentary and thought he was going to be the hero of a story mm-hmm. but that, that's 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 for later on i guess but one of his uh, friends stumbled across a shoe n- where the um, the bodies would be found, and a cop, you know, stumbled into the the creek and literally accidentally kicked one of the bodies up. Mm-hmm. And the three boys were, you know, bound with shoelaces. Yeah, and 
what exactly is the cause of death is kind of up in the air, I guess. Yeah. Most most I saw it was bludgeoning. Yeah. But either way, it, it it's it's fucked. The thing about it is, is like you know, you went through and did all this research and learned all this yeah. information. The documentary doesn't provide a lot of that, and you might see that as a flaw. But I actually think that is like a point to the documentary's strength. Yeah, is that it just shows you. It doesn't explain to you. It doesn't be like, all right, here's how the bodies were found. You know, here's the information. It just you live in that trial with the people. Yes, you are literally just a. It's like you have a um, voyeuristic look into what's going on. Mm-hmm. You don't get all the specific details. That wouldn't be until like later on. Yeah, in the in the series, this one is literally you see the crime scene, you know that the three boys were killed, and who they decided to throw in jail for it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it touches on the Jesse Miss Kelly confession. Yeah. Which, you know, Jesse Miss Kelly, they point out, has an IQ of, what, 70-something? It was... I've read different things. I've heard, I've heard and read 72. I've seen 67. Either way, low. Yeah, low. Considering that, like, the average IQ is, what, between 90-something and 100? It's like 90... It's, I think it's like 90-something to 100, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and they interrogated him for two hours before ever turning on the videotape and then coerced him through the confession was it, was by it two, feeding him details. Was it two hours? Two hours. Okay. I've, I've also heard that he was there even longer. But, again... Who knows for sure? Because at this point, again, there's a lot of hearsay in, in the story mm. as well. To be fair, yeah, and then you see a lot of like the uh, the evidence that the prosecution brings forth is a lot of satanic panic stuff. You know, they bring in like yeah. a specialist in the satanic panic and talk about like you know does wearing you know fingernail polish yeah. and black clothing does that like a representation of you know of the occult and shit like that. Yeah. You know, so that that plays into a big part of it. But the thing about the documentary to me that I really love is like. Just as a, it's such a snapshot in time, yeah, that like it will never be recreated. No, it, it's definitely a place in time that we'll probably never see again. I think the closest thing we've seen to this kind of panic, I mean, I guess you can throw in like some dumb shit like Pizzagate, mm. which that it was nowhere near as popular as something like you know some the satanic panic stuff, yeah. This documentary is the documentary that all true crime documentaries set out to be. Yeah. Like, you know, this or Thin Blue Line. Yeah. Are the two that, like, every documentary wants to be this documentary. Yes. To the it's point- masterfully directed, even betterly edited. Yeah. The soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's not even just saying that because we're metalheads or shit yeah. like that. It's just used perfectly and sparingly. Yes. And one thing I picked up on this viewing of it that I had never really picked up before is how little the West Memphis Three are really actually in it. Yeah. Like when it comes to actually interviewing Damien, Jesse, and Jason, they do not really. No. Damien a little bit. Damien gets more of the coverage when it comes to the interviews and stuff. But it's also because, like, I mean, Jesse and Jason, they just didn't want to talk a lot about it mm-hmm. because they were just kind of like, I mean, why are we even here? It's so crazy what access that they were given, though. Yeah. 
Like, I guess because they were HBO. Yeah. They just opened the door and let them come on in. Yeah. Everything. Again, I don't know the full story of how the two directors got there, whether they, you know, heard about the story and just went to go, you know, film Mm -hmm. or what the case of that is. But it's just, it feels like they captured lightning in a fucking bottle with this documentary because it was the, I mean, for you know documentary filmmaking purposes mm. this was right place right time yeah for everyone else it was the wrong place in the wrong time yeah um i don't know it's just one of those documentaries where it's like it just evokes an emotion and grips you from the first frame to the yeah. final frame though i think we would be remiss to not mention that it does leave some stuff out it does um, I, it does, you know, it's still, I do believe it's pretty unbiased in that it does allow Damien in particular to make himself look fucking stupid. Bad. Like having the mirror on the fucking stick, which oh I do not God. understand why he needed a fucking mirror on a stick. I don't. Why on a stick? Why was it on a fucking stick, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But it, it cut out the part. But they do kind of reference it a little bit. Talking about blowing kisses. Yeah. Where he was actually blowing kisses to the family of the victims. Yeah. And which well, they do make reference to that. They don't they don't say exactly what it was, but he yeah. uh, uh Damon's defense at one point definitely references blowing kisses. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the documentary where you can tell that they're getting very frustrated with Damien. <laughs> yes, because I mean it's cause all three of these kids, like, even though they definitely dealt with you know, being harassed by law, and law enforcement and shit like that before. They believed in the system. They believed yeah. that they were not going. They believed they were not going to be convicted of this. Mm-hmm. They believed Damien and Jason in particular just did not think this would you know happen to them. They didn't think they would be thrown in jail for something that they didn't do. And the thing about it too is like you see the parents in the documentary and like how they react to the trial and everything. Yeah. And like I'd be remiss if I said at points I wasn't getting like frustrated with them. But then right. I, but then I remember like, well, I understand where they're coming from because, you know, it really points a finger at like how flawed the ideal of innocent until proven guilty is. Yes. Because like I me and you are probably just as guilty of this as anybody. Yeah. When someone is arrested for the crime, the first thing you assume is They did it. They did it. They're guilty. That's why they got arrested. Yeah. Which is not the case. It's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be you go to trial and you're either proven guilty or not guilty. Yeah. Yeah. But you're never technically proven innocent. That's the thing is like that's the reason why it's called it's not guilty and guilty. Yeah. Because you're not proven innocent. No, you're just proven not guilty. OJ there, Simpson wasn't proven innocent. Yeah. There's reasonable doubt. Yeah. Is what is basically added. It's like OJ Simpson wasn't proven innocent. Yeah. Casey Anthony was definitely not proven <laughs> no. innocent. But I don't are, want to get overly into, you know, the justice system of America and the flaw. That, I don't want to get overly political because that's not what we are. No. We're not here to review the court system and things like that. We're here to talk about the movies. Yes, we're here to talk about the movies. Um if you if you want to look into that, there's definitely a lot of shit about that. I mean, but you cannot talk about these movies without talking about the case. <laughs> yes. Because that, that's what these movies are. Yeah, that's what the, the whole thing's about. <laughs> Another thing about Paradise Lost One is, uh, you know, like, you know, on the subject of the families, we are introduced to John Mark Byers. Yeah, John Mark Byers and his wife. I think it's Melissa. Yeah, and uh, she, whatever, you know, Mark Byers. John Mark Byers is this, one of the characters of all time. <laughs> this, this, for for the first two movies, this 
the fucking insane man. Mm-hmm. It's like in the in the third one, he still has a little bit of that. Oh, he's still insane. Yes, but th- at that point, he becomes very lovable. Yeah, I, there's there's lovable things about him in these movies. Be That's true too. I, you can if you tell me that you sit there and you watch that movie and you hate Mark Byers, I'd question who you are as a person. <laughs> Mark Byers, like. He's a very passionate man. Very passionate man. And loves to sing. Loves he <laughs> He does love to sing. He uh and uh yeah. He <laughs> We'll get more into Mark Byers in the second one. Yeah, that's his his, his shining that's moment. his shining moment for sure. But like, you know, it's actually interesting that the family's allowed as much access as they did as well, and it's really heartbreaking. It's really sad to see. Yeah. Know, see them dealing with everything. Even though some of the family members are odd. Not just Mark Byers, but another family in particular, which we'll get into that in the third one. Yeah. What what I what I will say though is Again, to be on that side of the fence and seeing, you know, what's being presented to you and what's what you've been taught as being the truth, mm-hmm. and to be presented with all this evidence for the, you know, the <laughs> your your kid, yeah, you have to look at that with the within the eyes of sympathy because, I mean, they they don't understand. The Moore family is the know. most sympathetic. Yes, you know because we see them in therapy and all that, and yeah. you know, and, you know, and, and not like a like a like a uh, what is it called when you go to like a group meeting? Uh, it's like it's like a it's like a grief counseling type. Yeah, thing. yeah, kind of like AA, but it's not AA. It's for yeah. grief. Yeah, um, you know, for parents of murdered children. Um, Jesus. Yeah, it's dark. It's heavy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I find that they are the most sympathetic of anybody because they're just like, they just, they just want it to be over, man. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not going to bring their kid back. Well, it's like at one point, the father, I don't remember his name on the top of my head. I don't, I don't know if you haven't wrote down. I don't either. Um, him and Mark Byers are shooting guns together in a wild scene. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> but it's like, Jesse's still bleeding. <laughs> He's, he's still playing. We got to get him. But it's like, <laughs> but, it, you know, back, 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 back to being serious for a second here. Like, even during that scene, you can tell he's not happy to be there. Not really. He does not want to be on camera for this shit. No. He's not Mark Byers. No, loves Mark. Loves to be on camera. It's like, it's like, God love Mark Byers. It's like, even in the face of what happened, he wants to be on that camera. He loves it. Yeah. Even though. You know, I used to be like, you know, Paradise Lost 1 is the best of the three because it's the most unbiased one of them. Yeah. However, <laughs> I'm kind of wrong in that, in that the, the, it does point a finger at Mark Byers yeah. as being the actual killer. Yeah, the first one does point to that, mm-hmm. and they do... And the second one as well. Yeah, the second one very much so. Yeah. But I was a little surprised re-watching it, being like, it's really heavily implying that Mark Byers did it. Yeah, which is very, very unfair. Unfair and ridiculous because it's like, you know, you're essentially doing the same thing that you're trying to point the finger at them doing to them. Yeah. And also, I, I want to bring up again with, you know, the ridiculous amount of looking into this shit that I have. Mark Byers was actually the first family member to call. 
mm-hmm. about the kids being missing. Yeah. He was like, you know, my son's not home. I don't know where he's at. Can you, you know, I need help looking for him. And then the other parents would follow suit. Yeah. So he was definitely the the first to respond. Yeah. I find that Mark Byers, like I said, is a very charming. Yeah. Like, you could easily be like, oh, he's an asshole because he hates the Wisp movies. Well, he thinks they killed his kid. Yeah. Of course he hates them. It's like in the third one, like, I guess spoiler a little bit. I mean, how do you spoil these movies? Yeah. He does a full 180. Mm-hmm. Like, by the, once they present with him the evidence, he's like, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. And he begins defending them. Mm-hmm. Although then he goes after Hobbs. <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> Look, Jesse. <laughs> I feel like we're going to bring some levity into this. Let's talk about Mark Byers for a minute. All right. Well, we'll get to Mark Byers in the second. Okay. okay, okay. Let's finish up Paradise Lost 1. We got to move on until Paradise Lost 2. Okay. Ultimately, Paradise Lost is a fucking masterpiece of documentary filmmaking. Yeah. Is it exploitive? Maybe a little bit. But I feel like it, it did not have... <laughs> but by that argument, most documentaries are exploitive. Yes. Because they're there to evoke emotion. You know they're going to do, they're going to do it in a manipulative way in editing and stuff like that to make you feel. Well, it's like I I hate to bring this one up as being exploitive because like the movie has good intentions. Yeah, but the movie the movie's existence is gaslighting the documentary, and that is Dear Zachary. Dear Zachary. Dear yeah, Zachary, yeah, yeah. you're you know led to believe all these things. Yeah, for the outcome you get. Yeah, and it's. Probably just as heavy of a gut punch, if not a little bit more. Well, I mean, ultimately, that's what a documentary is, though. I mean, like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's still designed to be entertainment. Yes. You know, it's there to tell you a true story, but it's still telling you a story. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think that it, you could argue, and I think that, like, you know, watching Paradise Lost, another thing I picked up on was uh, you could show this in a fucking media. Um, ethics class yeah and how the actual like news and stuff like that handled this shit and like yes. how they're stuffing the camera and their parents like the parents of these victims faces and be like do you blame yourself do you feel like you should probably kill yourself because of this dude and shit like that you well, know is insane what well, is it is it is it uh miss Byers or is it ha- or is it uh the wife it, of hobbs it was the branch mother yeah yeah ha- uh um Fuck Pamela. Yeah, Pamela, Pamela Hobbs. Hobbs. They, they stuffed the camera in her fucking face, and they're like, "Do you ever think about killing yourself?" Yeah, it's like, dude, fuck off. Do you feel this was your fault? Ugh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's like, how was this their fucking fault? And they do that the whole fucking time. Like, it really, you really could show this as like a fucking like media ethics class. Oh yeah, you know. What's, and um, what again? It's like, who fucking asked that? Yeah, I don't. Who goes up to the families? Of, you know, these horrifically murdered children is like, oh, do you do you feel like you have some blame in this? Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. They let exactly. their kids be kids, and their kids got killed. Yeah. And you know, I feel like you have to bring oh, up the fuck. ending as well. Yeah. Because like I have seen this movie several times. I feel like we've talked. We we have not talked a lot about the three. I mean, I feel like that's that's for the second movie. Yeah. And. There's three of the three other personalities stick out more in the later ones. Yeah, but again, like, and where the first one was the trial, yeah, of the children, right? Yeah, the second one is really where the documentaries kind of like lean into the these kids are innocent, we got to get them out. Yeah, so that's why I feel like we're not going to talk a whole lot about the Westminster three in this one. Yeah, but like you know, I've always said that like you know to sit here and say that like. 
you know, I don't know how to how to put it. Like, it's like, do I think the Westminster Three did it? No, no. But at the same time, it's like, who am I to say, right? But presented with the evidence, they should not have been found guilty. No, because there was nothing but substantial evidence. You know what I mean? Well, it's like I I know for you, you've said you know like I don't think they did it. But at the same time, you know, you know, all all, all of this stuff that we we talked about, you know, off air before about this story, I definitely feel like I definitely lean way more harder into the they're innocent camp. Well, yeah, I think they're innocent. Yeah, I don't think they did it. But I'm just saying, like, regardless of how you feel about that, there was no evidence to convict them. No, there was nothing. There was nothing. And there was no DNA. There was nothing placing them there at the time. They had alibis. Yeah. You know, they literally had alibis. What's well, like uh, Jason's mother in? Uh, it's one of the sequels, third one, where she's like, "Oh, I had a you know a school slip that he was there all day." Yeah, you and know, it's just like God damn, dude. Yeah. So, but still, I've seen this documentary several times, but it never fails when they say Damien Eccles is uh, found guilty of capital murder. It's a gut punch. <laughs> it's a fucking gut punch, man. You're still just like, fuck. It's like the first one you get is Jesse. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he's the one who confessed to it. And it's like, I guess in your in the viewer's brain, you're like, it's like, oh, fuck. Well, they got Jesse. If they, these two can get out of it, they can find them innocent. Yeah. Or not guilty. Not guilty. They can get Jesse back out. Yeah. You know. And they just hand down guilty verdicts. When the, all three of them are just sentenced, it's just like, there's no hope. Yeah, there's yeah, That's and the, the fucking like energy in the crowd is unlike anything you'd ever see before. It's it. I, I don't know if it's inappropriate to say it's electric. It really, but it is. But yeah, because like you know, of course, the family of the of the you know Westminster Three are running out of the fucking courtroom, yeah. bawling. But then there's also this buzz of the people who think they're one hundred percent guilty. They're like, yeah. we got them, you know. You it, hear it, anger. It's unique. It's yeah. unlike anything I've ever heard before. And without like, being much noise at all. Yeah. And th- something I want to bring up too is. Man, the, the the prosecution against the three was so goddamn exploitive too. They were very exploitive, and the defense of Damien and Jason didn't do a great job. No, where the guy who followed Jesse, you, you'll soon find out when you watch if you watch all three of them, and we'll get to it. He stuck with Jesse the entire fucking time. Yep, he was with him through all along. And so, some little things that I want to point out before we proceed on. With, proceed on to the other two is it's like we'll, 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 I'll talk about Jesse's lawyer first and then I'll get to the exploitation of the, uh, the, the I'd say everyone involved here and okay J- Jesse's lawyer w- was having him read off his confession because he originally thought he was fucking guilty as shit mm-hmm. and, he, and Jesse was like I don't know what that word is and his lawyer was fucking stunned when he figured out the word he could not read was Satan. He didn't know what Satan meant. Yeah. He didn't know what it fucking was. Mm-hmm. So to pin them for satanic crimes <laughs> is such dog shit. Yeah. And then you go to the prosecution and they're showing everybody in the crowd, even the families of the victims, the the photos of the children and it's in a way that is it's done on purpose too. which again I think just shows the kind of like a flaw of everything where it's just like regardless if the person on trial is innocent or guilty yeah one person's job is to get them convicted and the other person's job is to get them off 
Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense. No. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's like the, the parents of the victims should not have been in there for that. They should not have been forced to relive seeing the fucking photos. Yeah. And seeing everything like that. I don't know, man. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just soft or some shit. I don't know. But it's just like, why the fuck? Mm. Like, it's, it's not just like to the jurors or to, you know. Just the, I guess those in attendance, but he he's just he's literally flaunting the pictures of these dead kids. Where I'm like, look what they did, look what they fucking did. Yeah, and it's just like, oh my fucking god, man, this is what doing what they. I mean, like, they did what they pay, they were paid to do. I exactly. Guess. And uh, yeah, they, they fucking they, and they won. They got it, you know. But yeah, that's Paradise Lost one. I feel like we went way too long on it. How long we go? <laughs> Thirty minutes. God damn. <laughs> God damn, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm so I'm too long winded, especially when it comes to, like crime stories. I get obsessed. <laughs> yeah, it's a great documentary. Yeah, I honestly think the first Paradise Lost is I, a perfect documentary. I think it's a must watch for yeah. anybody. Yeah. I think I think you should go out of your way to see it. it it's, Absolutely, like it's it it carries an energy unlike anything else I've ever really seen. It captures in a weird way. It like really embodies the nineties. Yeah. Like it feels like the nineties. Yeah. It, it does feel like the era of the eighties of excess is gone. Yeah. And, and in this whole documentary, it just feels like there's no hope. It's sad. It's somber. It's disturbing. It's bleak. Uh, it's excellent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's what more do you say about paradise lost? The one thing I will say again, I know a lot of there's a lot of people out there who have a hard time with stuff with kids and stuff like that. And if you don't watch this because of that, I 100% understand. Um, I will say, at least educate yourself on the story. Yeah. Because the story itself deserves to be in everyone's brain so this shit can stop happening. Yeah. So, Paradise Lost was a phenomenon. It aired on HBO, did gangbusters, and became a fucking media darling. Yeah. Where, you know, people like Eddie Vedder and Johnny Depp and, like, A-list celebrities were like, we have to get these kids out. And I don't don't mean to rip a a joke from last podcast, but God damn it, maybe it killed me. It's like... He's like, do you think Eddie Vedder would have actually staked a opinion on this and like fought as hard as he did if he thought that they were actually going to get out within a, as soon as the time period as he thought they were going to? <laughs> it's like not the eighteen years, yeah, <laughs> so, any day now. So in two thousand, uh, which God. more than likely was probably ninety nine, ninety eight, they probably went yeah. back and the, it came out in two thousand. Let me make sure real fast. I'm pretty I'm sure pretty it is. Damn sure you fucking trust me. Okay, okay. I was just, I was just want to make sure so we didn't fuck up, motherfucker. Two thousand, yes. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> the filmmakers brought us Paradise Lost Two Revelation. Yes. Now Paradise Lost Two is an interesting um, documentary because it's like I feel like when the directors did it, they kind of thought that, like we're gonna put this out and it's gonna bust this case wide open and then it's yeah. all gonna be over. <laughs> Little did they know it wasn't even close. No, it would be. Uh, I think they say later, like in the third one, another ten, 10 years, years, another ten years before any movement. Yeah. Happened. So I don't think the filmmakers, because like when you look, when you go watch Paradise Lost Two in retrospect, it just feels like spinning the wheels. Yeah. 
which is I think one of the problems with it. Like, yeah, watching it when it aired was probably like you know captivating. Yeah, like oh fuck, what's happening now with this case? You know what I mean? Yeah. But like I said, like watching it in retrospect, it's just kind of like, well, it feels like we're just covering the same ground again. Yeah. And it's funny too because like to, for me to find, get these all on disc, like I, like I do because I'm a fucking hoarder. Mm. But the second one was the hardest one to find for me. Well. I hate to say this. Yeah. Paradise Lost 1 yeah. is the best. Yes. But Paradise Lost 2 is to the Paradise Lost series what Sinai Daily Night 2 <laughs> is to the Sinai Daily Night series. In that it basically just shows everything again. Yeah. But you get Mark Byers. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I think Paradise Lost 2 is the most entertaining yes. of the three documentaries. It is, it's far more over the top. Yeah. It's far more biased. And far more, maybe arguably, exploitive in the uh, tactics yeah. used. This was definitely more exploitive. Because it was pretty much designed to incriminate Mark Myers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, again, it's so fucked in retrospect, too. And unfair. Um, but, yeah, basically, you know, it's been, what, 90... The trial was 94. Yeah. So 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000. Six years. Six years. Since the, the initial case. And they go back and they catch up with Jesse, Jason, and Damien. Yeah. See how they're doing in jail. What's going on with the trial. You know, uh, they've hired new lawyers. Yeah. There's now people backing them. You know, there's a whole fund to try to get them out and a whole movement. Yeah. Um, and it's all kind of like, I don't know how to explain it, like framed yeah, around Mark Byers basically being the one voice to be like, no, they're guilty. Fuck them. Let them die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, what I want to state off top is you were like, see, oh, seeing how they're doing in prison. In the case of Damien, not good at all. Not good at all. So the other two, they're struggling too. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, they're they're in fucking prison. Yeah. But Damien, like, he has spoken about being raped in prison mm-hmm. and being just fucking. It was hell for him. Yeah. That and, like, he has, like, eyesight problems due to, like, the conditions of the fucking prison. Well, basically, he lived in solitary confinement because yeah. he couldn't go into gin pop. So he basically just lived in the dark forever. God damn. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, the you know, that stuff is very interesting, like, to see what's going on with the yeah. trial, with the case, you know, them trying to appeal it. Uh, fucking, you know, how they're doing in prison, like, you know, where their mindsets are, you know, hearing Damien kind of backtrack on some of the shit he did in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> is, like as soon as he speaks, he was like, in the, you know, when we, when I was last talking to y'all, I was talking about being the, the boogeyman of West Memphis, and I now know that's stupid. That was dumb. <laughs> that yeah. was real fucking dumb. Because it was. Yeah. Because, again, what you, what you have to understand, too, is, it's like, even though they were like 18, you know, 16, 17, and 18, I think. Yeah. They were still kids. Yeah. Dumb, dumb teenagers. Dumb teenagers, and especially in the case of Damien. Yeah. Big, big, big facts. <laughs> but that's for true. <laughs> yes. That's for big true. Because, again, Damien, of course, you know, he, he was a dumb kid. We'll say that. Yeah. He thought. He actually believed in the justice system. <laughs> like going in that too much, which I, I mean, to be fair, I think we all did at one point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but in the fact that he was, he was just acting like a dick the entire trial, mm-hmm. and now he's stuck where he is, and he's had a lot of time to reflect yeah. on himself. Which that's interesting to hear from the the three. Yeah. You know, because like again, like this movie is definitely where the West Memphis Three become. 
the center point yeah. of everything. Where I would argue that in the first movie, they are, but it's more about the trial. Yes. Um, you know, there's more moving parts and characters in the first one. Yeah. Where the second one, it's pretty much Damien, Jesse, Jason, Mark Byers. Yes. <laughs> I, I, what I'll also say is, like, you can see the total difference between... Like how what prison has done to Damien versus Jason's like Jason and this one's way more well spoken. Mm-hmm. You tell and that he's been reading. Yeah, he's done a lot of fucking reading. Yeah, he knows now. Yeah, he knows he knows what's going on, and he knows he at least knows a little bit of what he needs to do. Yep. And you can see Damien like while still talking a lot to the camera, and you know, of course, through the the like talk line thing they had in the movie, which that's an interesting little aspect mm-hmm. of this too. But he, Damien seems a little more secluded to himself. He's quieter. Yeah. He probably doesn't have a lot of human contact anymore. Yeah, so he's probably very fucking socially awkward at this point. Yeah, for sure. So he's, he's fucked. And who's not socially awkward? Oh, fuck. Is the man of the hour. Too sweet to be sour. Who's not doing well mentally no. at all. It's like, in reality, we should not be laughing about this because... <laughs> no. He's dealing with the death of his child, his wife now. His, his wife now, who died of, uh, you know, unknown causes. It, it, it was like undetermined. Yeah, presumed a drug thing. Yeah, but no one really knows. They try to frame it as he, he killed, killed his her. wife. Yeah, <laughs> in the movie. Yes, they try to frame it as though he killed his wife. And he's dealing with a lot of drug and alcohol problems. However, this will not deter him from being on camera. No. No matter how much they're trying to make him look like the biggest idiot and uh, scumbag on planet Earth. Yeah. He's there, man. Yes. And there's a couple set pieces. There's the grave... There's the fucking... Graveyard set piece. Oh my god, it's so it's so dark. Which is horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, man. There's the him shooting the fucking. I thought it was watermelons. I guess it wasn't. It was pumpkins. That, yeah. that was in the first one. Yeah, this one he's shooting watermelons. I'm pretty sure. Does, he takes the fucking watermelons to the murder scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. And that's where the line of the century comes from. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> Jason, Damien. You can say what you will. You, you go, go to hell. hell. I've said that line since I've watched this documentary. Yeah. At least once a month. <laughs> you do what you will. For nearly 10 years. <laughs> what I will bring up, and the, the listeners can tell me whether this is in bad taste. I thought about for, you know, a, f- a, fu- a future project I'm, work- I'm, well, I'm working on currently. <laughs> Having a scene from this movie be in it. <laughs> Fucking Mark Byers. Again, going at the to, murder scene. At the murder scene, takes a jug of, is it gasoline? It's gas, yeah. And, like, he says hey, these... He's, already, he's saying, like, this right here, this is hell. This is hell on earth, and I'm going to make it hell. Yeah, and he takes, like, pieces of crime scene tape and, like, puts them to these, like, sticks and lights them on fire and nearly sets himself on fire. Yeah, his, like, leg is on fire. <laughs> he's like, he's, oh, like he's like, burn, you motherfuckers, burn! <laughs> he's just setting everything on fire. And he's definitely, like, he, as you say, kicked fire off his fucking shoes at one point. He's just like... It's like, fuck, man. He's shooting the goddamn watermelons. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, damn, Jesse, I just split you in half. Oh. <laughs> oh, damn, Damien. Oh, uh, I'll make you bleed. Like, make my baby, baby bleed. bleed. Which, that's the first movie. Yeah. That's the first, first movie, yeah. Just to make me my baby, my baby, my baby bleed. 
It's madness. It's a snapshot of pure fucking insanity. And again, doing some other uh, reading outside of this, Mark Byers was not told to do any of this shit. He was not forced to do any of this shit. He just loved the fucking camera. He loved the camera. He just went ape shit. He was drinking heavily. He was, you know, in the first movie, we find out he had a brain tumor at one point. So he's probably has, you know, pain pills for it. And he's probably abusing the fuck out of him because he's definitely hanging out with people in this one. Oh my There's God. There's the whole scene where they're fucking drinking in Duh. his fucking house. He's hanging out with some real sketchy motherfuckers. Yeah, the people he should not have been around. No, who are basically like, we'll kill for him. <laughs> and of course they are because he's supplying with the fucking pills. He's ma- he's got the dollar to make him holler. <laughs> he's perking them up, you know. <laughs> Perk buyers. Yeah, it, it's, it's like I said, it's really like a snapshot of what fucking like grief can do to somebody. It's also a snapshot of true southern culture. <laughs> Real white trash, man. These people, people like that come to my store on a daily. Oh, my God. Not not many Mark Byers. I know. I get Mark Byers. Oh, you get Mark Byers? Oh, I always get Mark Byers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Burn! Burn! Burn, you sons of bitches! Burn! But the biggest problem with Paradise Lost 2, like I said, it's just kind of treading the same ground, you know? Yeah. Because, like I said, I don't think they thought that they were going to do this one and it would continue like i feel like they're like all right you know this one was almost like a campaign yeah documentary the first one was just like just a snapshot of a trial yeah this one is a campaign yes this is a campaign to get the three out of jail and mark byers arrested <laughs> to get mark byers arrested which is horrible <laughs> it's horrible it's horrible it, it's very exploitive but this is not the last time we'd see mark. you would think when this came out and Mark Byers watched it, he'd be like, he thought he would say this with the first movie. <laughs> yeah, you would think they, after they point- gave, Somebody didn't bring him the first movie. He gave Joe and Bruce. God damn it. Out of the kindness of his heart. Enough. Enough. Like, hey, you know, I want to thank you for coming here and filming this trial and, you know, showing the world. Probably thinking that they're, like, they're just going to show, like, oh, these three are guilty. Fuck them. Throw them in jail. Yeah. Not knowing that basically they're going to become the biggest, like, fucking, like, supporters of the West Memphis Three. Yeah. But, you know, bringing, <laughs> he gives them a knife as and a it, gift. And it has blood on it. It does have blood on it. And, and they it, give it over to the fucking police and get him on the goddamn stand. <laughs> Damn it. So you think then and there he'd be like, I ain't talking to these guys no more. But he comes back. Does more in the second one. He even does. more. And then he comes back in the third one. the goddamn one. third one. Which is even crazier. Which is like, he stuck, like, he stuck through. <laughs> For all three of these fucking movies. After the two directors got him on the witness stand for the knife. Yeah. Then they pinned all the crime on him. And the second one, there's whole points in the second one where they're like fucking tying like why he did could possibly have done it, his motives for doing it. Yeah. And then at one point they're like, like Myers could completely perked out of his mind, just be like, yeah, when I was a child, I was abused and treated like trash and like stuff like that. And they're definitely using that as like, oh, this, this is why he did it. Yeah. It's so he fucked up. He still came back. He still came back. Just as crazy, but now with a different angle. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Just, yeah. Just as cr- just as goddamn crazy. And at the end of the second one, he gets arrested for drugs. Yeah. Which that's a rabbit hole, by the way. Yeah. Like the whole angle of his like, involvement with drugs and uh, possible <laughs> drugs and law enforcement. Mm. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know. It was good for him, ultimately. Yes. You know, he definitely got his life back together after yeah, that. Yeah, he did. You can tell that. Even though he's still fucking crazy. Yes. He's not quite this crazy in the third one. Well, it's like, he, he, um, he admits in the second one 
they, he's he's on, of course he's on pain pills probably for the the, the tumor, and. He's on a bunch of stuff for mental disorders and stuff he has. Which they're trying to use that as like a fucking like, yeah, which oh, is, he's crazy. He definitely did it. Which, which is like, what? <laughs> which is the biggest jump in logic. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, so being medicated for mental illness is... A.K.A. you're crazy and could kill somebody. It's like, okay, dude. Okay. <laughs> um, Myers is literally trying to help himself. Yeah. And you're like, this is why he did it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking exploit. Oh, God. That is very exploitive. Yeah. The second one, as you said, is more the most entertaining. It's entertaining as hell. Because Mark Byers, like, every time Mark Byers po- pops up on screen, like, okay, here we go. Now we're talking. Yeah, you're like, oh, no. Here we go. Oh, no. What's he going to do? <laughs> now here we go. You know you get- I'd seen the second one before. I did not remember the fucking fire. Burn. Burn. Like, he's also got a whole row of false teeth now yeah like he's got full dentures when he i i that's a whole <laughs> fucking thing which at one point it was like it was like oh you know, why don't you get your uh you, you know your teeth imprints done for you know bite mark evidence that's a big aspect of this movie bite the yeah because they discovered teeth yeah what they believed to be bite marks which turns out was turtles but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Byers, the fucking maniac, ridges in his mouth, <laughs> pulls out his dentures. It pulls out his dentures, slobber it all, <laughs> all over his beard. He's like, he's just like, got false teeth. He just puts them back in. And then the, you definitely feel as the documentary is trying to insinuate that he got his teeth pulled so they couldn't, which is so stupid. Because nobody knew it at the time that he, there was fucking bite mark. Yeah, and, and God love Mark Byers because I ironically love this man. Yeah, I do too. He's great. But he probably got him pulled because his fucking teeth were probably rotten. Yeah, because he was on drugs. Yes, he was on drugs. And again, it's also the South. People don't take care of their teeth like they <laughs> no, should. No, 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 Like, you, you can see that. He's probably dipping chew. Probably. Fucking eating candy. and. Well, it's like we see Mark Myers' house, which they, he let him in, their, in his house <laughs> in the third one, which is like... <laughs> How did you trust these guys again? It's like even though they definitely don't do anything to him in the third one. No, no, no the third no. one again. They is, got a, they got another fucking uh, uh, man to go after. God, this, the third one. God. God, we didn't even get into the Bojangles man bullshit. No, definitely. Did that's not. a whole. Ra- that's you, just watch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watch them, or we can't talk about the, everything. Yes, or we're literally we'll gonna be breaking that every fucking moment. We'll, we'll be here as long as the runtime is all of them. Are. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, Paradise Lost two, I still recommend it. But go watch Paradise Lost one first. Yeah, actually experience the trial and the case and what it means and why it's so important. Yeah, then watch the second one. I, you know, as I said, as I said, as we said before. Just be prepared what you're going to get yourself in for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're going to be seeing shit you probably don't want to see. Yeah. That, I will say that, but they, they all three of these are worth your fucking time. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, that's Paradise Lost 2 Revelations. Yeah. Nothing came of the trial for many, many moons. <laughs> many goddamn moons. And then ten years after uh, Paradise Lost 2, something happened. Yeah. And I remember when I remember the day it happened, being like, "Holy shit, I can't believe this is happening." Yeah. Um, in two thousand and probably ten, because the documentary came out in eleven. Yeah, two thousand eleven is when it came out. But I don't know. Probably two thousand ten is when they got released. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they the uh, bunch of new evidence was presented to yeah. the Supreme Court. Yes. Um, 
and they granted basically to have that brought forth in order to have a new trial. Yeah. And with a lot of evidence, it was definitely looking as though the uh, verdicts were going to be overturned. Yep. So the West Memphis justice system offered offered up a uh, out. What is it called? An uh, Alfred plea. Alfred plea, which basically you say, "I am innocent, but in order to be set free, I plead guilty." Which the fact that exists is so insane. Now I'm going to go on a rant about this. Okay. <laughs> and I apologize. Let me, let, me, let me get my water. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> This is the dumbest fucking shit in the world. It's like, I'm sure there is definitely a reason why this exists. Yeah. But the fact that it's still in play (laughs) is absurd. I I plead guilty, but I am innocent of what happened. What the fuck does that even mean? You're pleading two sides of the fucking fence. You're basically, I've been wrongfully convicted. However, the state won't let me free unless I sign a document saying I am guilty. So they're they're fucking uh, uh, free of all uh, fucking uh, blame. Which, again, I'm just going to throw this out there. You know good goddamn well the, the Alfred police probably come from some racist shit. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, 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 I feel it in my soul. <laughs> I, I'd, have to, I'd have to look into it. But I feel it in my bones. <laughs> In my, in my bones that this came from some hardcore fucking clan ass fucking <laughs> bullshit. They were like, well, we gotta let him free. Uh, but uh, we don't want to get sued. Yeah, we don't, we don't want him to sue us. <laughs> so, Jesus. Um, yeah, so I remember that happening and just being like, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. Uh, and not really knowing how to feel about it at the time. Yeah. Because knowing they had to plead guilty and all that jazz, but we'll get yeah. into that. Uh, and then lo and behold, announcement of the Paradise Lost 3 was coming out. Yeah. Which is uh, Purgatory? Purgatory, yeah. Yeah. So that came out in 2011. So like I said, it's been 10 years. And again, this documentary essentially plays out in chapters. Yeah. Wait, literally. Literally. So it basically catches you up on everything from the first two. Yeah. Uh, as well as filling you in on what's been going on, you know, catching back up with Damien, Jesse, and Jason. Yeah. Filming the Alfred plea, filming the moments they walked out of jail for the first time. Yeah. And uh, all that stuff's great. Yeah. However, <laughs> this documentary decided that they needed a villain. <laughs> yeah. And, when, and they did find him one yeah. that I will say is pretty easy. <laughs> Some of the circumstantial evidence, mm. circumstantial, circumstantial, and there's a big alleged on this, a huge alleged, that the guy they chose, mm-hmm. a lot of shit don't look good for him, let's just say that. Yeah, it, it, it makes him look rough. And how they fucking, like, all this came to light is, is rabbit hole in its own right. <laughs> This whole case is a goddamn rabbit hole. You could do, like, if you try to do, like, you know, how the people do the video essays and shit on YouTube? Yeah. You could do a whole goddamn 10-hour fucking thing on this case. Because there's just so many bits and pieces. <laughs> it's a jigsaw puzzle that feels like the pieces are endless. So essentially the documentary points the finger at Terry Hobbs, yeah. who was the stepfather of Stevie Branch. Yeah. And how a lot of the information about how he had no alibi and was uh, not accounted for of the time of the murders and stuff yeah. like that came about because he tried to sue the Dixie Chicks <laughs> for slander. Which and is, when uh, he was on the stand, they brought up how the fact he used to beat his wife and he shot his fucking brother-in-law. And 
it's true Southern culture here. <laughs> Dude, it's amazing. It's like, I can't even fucking... What's the whole thing with Terry Hobbs and, like, the Dixie Chicks and all that shit? Or, I guess they're just the chicks now, right? They're just the chicks now. Which, that's a rough name. Rough. Dixie Chicks. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, is a whole other goddamn rabbit hole in its own right. <laughs> but, is it just like, fuck, man. You really went to sue them. When they had all this shit on you, yeah. Well, you're essentially like uh, basically, he just didn't think he was gonna like it was gonna be anything like that. What? Like Terry Hobbs on the is on the stand laughing about beating his fucking wife and shooting her <laughs> fucking brother. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, she's like, do you find that funny, Mister Hobbs? Like, well, you know, she kind of had it coming. <laughs> it's like, like, what the f-? like this is the South, man. This is this is uh the, the true uh, fucking just I. I <laughs> The heart of the South, as grease-covered as it is. It's like, this whole thing is just a comedy of errors. Yeah. Like, everything about it is just, like, it, it just just one dumb thing after another. Yeah. And it's amazing that it all led to this. Well, it's also like, like Terry Hobbs is still in the camp, of course, of the West Memphis Three are guilty. Yes. His wife is in the camp that they're not. Yes. Which, he's not... They're not together. No, 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 no. She's remarried. I don't know her la- her new last no. name. But, like, I know there's a documentary, another documentary, by the way, <laughs> fuck, called The Forgotten West Memphis Three, which is all about them trying to, you know, piece things together for, to figure out who did it. Mm-hmm. Where, like, she actually gets on camera again for the first time in, like, 20 years or something yeah. like that because she, she's not on camera on camera actually for this one no she's only through like um old interviews yeah and uh, it like it's just another rabbit hole in itself with that fucking documentary yeah where it's like this i don't know I'm, I'm, that's not what i'm here what we're here to talk about someone else who is now in the camp of at the west memphis three or innocent oh my God. is none other than your boy john mark byers mark byers my boy he's back Mark Myers, this maniac. He he saw the uh the DNA evidence and the Which, uh my god, like the money that was funded into this from all the people involved, you know, who would become involved. The fun, yeah. The, and the, sh- shout out Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. He donated like ten million dollars to their fucking defense. Yeah. And they got John Douglas involved. Yep. And a bunch of other, like, people. Like, who, the top of the top forensic scientists in the world. Yeah. To look at the case. And Mark Byers was there in attendance. Yeah. And he saw the evidence and was like, holy shit. I don't think they did it. Yeah. So, this madman. Yeah. At one point. I mean, doc- that's fine and dandy. Like, it's kind of interesting for him. Like, there's, like, there's a whole moment where, like, he's reading a letter. Yeah. That Damien wrote in, basically apologizing, like, hey, I'm sorry that I did to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What yeah. you did to me. Yes. And, like. Which, is in a very Damien Eccles way, which, is, the man, is kind of unlikable, but that's beside the point. That's, <laughs> that's an argument for a different day. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that argument at where all. he's like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize now that you're on our side. Well, even though he should have looked at the evidence, like, ah, oh, well, fuck, I should accuse this guy. <laughs> but that's like again, that's an argument for a different well, day. Well, fair, fair enough. Um, Opportunist is what Damien Eccles is a lot of times. God damn. <laughs> um, 
Still shouldn't have been in jail, but no. you know, I can say he's not a likable person. Which that's a sweet moment, you know. You know. Yeah, where they they make uh, make amends. Yeah, and there's like a moment where like you know when the Alfred plea is given, Dame uh, uh, Mark Byers is like, you know, justice wasn't served because three innocent men in there just had to say they're guilty, and that's bullshit, and all that's just lovely. Yeah, and it's like oh, you know, like he's it feels like as though Mark Byers is finally getting closure yeah. in his life. <laughs> However, <laughs> this bad man, he's like. Now I'm not, I can't sit here and accuse anybody of anything. However, he opens his, his fucking back of his vehicle and pulls out a literal poster board diagram of why Terry Hobbs is guilty of the crimes. He's like, for two hours Terry Hobbs was unaccounted for. <laughs> I mean, he's making great points. I will say this. I mean, yeah. Again. He, fucking substantial. Terry Hobbs' hair was found on one of the ligatures that tied the boys up. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. Like, it's... <laughs> it's like you're still insane. You're, you're still, still Mark Myers. And God, I love it. If there's anything I could say negative about this documentary <laughs> is that it needed more Mark Byers. <laughs> there's a whole book that was written with Mark Byers. That's fucking incredible. Where he talks about the whole ordeal. He's, he's such a fucking charming, likable dude, man. He is. Like he's just like he's kind of like the like the lovable dullard, yeah. You know, <laughs> like he's definitely low IQ. Well, yeah. But he's just like he's so fucking passionate. He is one of the most passionate men I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he joined their side, the the prosecution was fucked. The game was over. Like <laughs> as soon as Mark Byers joined the fucking West Memphis Three, that was that would be the that was the equivalent of hell freezing over. The, the, we didn't even talk about that in the second movie where like the fucking like media would be out there filming like oh. the pro <laughs> West Memphis three people and Byers is just like in the background is like what you talking about over there? <laughs> yeah, just, like at one point like one of the head of the West Memphis three, you know, defense uh the free the three. Yeah. Is talking to him he's like, you're a totally different person off camera. He's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> He's like, but you are. <laughs> He's like, we're, we're sitting here having a conversation. They turned the camera on, and now you're fucking coming after me. It's because yeah, he loves to be filmed, man. He just loved it. He loved to be on camera. This yeah. is probably the, highlight, the low light and highlight of his life. <laughs> yes. Like, the circumstances behind how it, why it came about was probably the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Oh, yeah. But, man, being in front of that camera. Yeah. That was his moment in the sun, man. <laughs> well, it's like, there's even a, like, I came across this re, uh, the other day. He was on a, you know, a news channel talking about the case. And, like, he's pretty reserved for the most part, which I was kind of disappointed he didn't go off. About, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go off about uh, <laughs> Terry Hobbs at some point or somebody or something. Anything. Yeah. But he's very reserved and stuff like that. I was like, oh, man, it's kind of disappointing. But then I, then we watched. <laughs> then there's a the whole fucking thing where he's just like, that's bullshit. <laughs> it's like. Again, as I said, like as soon as he joined the fucking West Memphis Three, the, the court knew they were yeah. fucked because there isn't a man more passionate than him. Yeah, and they're bringing up all kinds of new evidence in this one too. Yes. Where like you need to believe that the serrated knife that was used to cut up the boys was more than likely actually animal claws. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, like they got the top forensic people in the world, basically. Yeah. Disproving all this evidence. Uh, so they signed the Alfred Agreement plea, and you know they get out, and it's one of the most like melancholic moments. Yeah. I've ever seen a documentary because on like on one hand it's like they're out. 
Yeah. And Jason Baldwin did not want to do it. No. Like, it was not his ideal to do this. He wanted to prove that they were innocent. Well, the the, the press conference moment when, when they're all talking after, you know, the Alfred plea is, you know, sent down, there is a moment where, like, I ain't gonna lie, I almost teared up a little bit where Jason's like, I didn't want to sign this. Mm-hmm. I did not want to come in here and admit guilt for something I didn't do, but I had to save my friend. Yeah. And that's which heartwarming. I don't know how much friends they are anymore. I, I have no idea. I imagine that, you know, basically getting put in jail because you're friends with somebody would put a strain on your friendship. Probably at least a little. I'm sure there's some, probably some fucking um, resentment did, oh, for yeah. Damien, probably. Probably. But ultimately, he knew the right thing he had to do. Yeah. Which was to do that, you know. That's not even talking about, you know, back in, in even in the first movie, right? Jesse didn't even know them, really. No, he didn't. Like, he was, like, somewhat acquainted with he them. He knew them. And apparently... He was fucking scared shitless of Damien. Yeah. <laughs> Which is even funnier to when you think about it. Because he was like, Damien scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it's just like, God damn it. So, you know, but at the same time, it's like, it's it's super like melancholic because it's like, one, they never got to prove their innocence. No. Two, now the families of these victims have to see these three people who they believed did it. Yeah. Now walk free. It's like the Morris family has has no involvement from the first one after the first. No, one. probably for the best. I mean, they yeah. saw what Mark Myers did. <laughs> they saw what Terry Hobbs did too, because yeah. he's also in this. Yeah. We didn't even bring that. Oh up. man, he just looks fucking. He just fucking paints himself red the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> He makes him look like the biggest fucking idiot in the world. He's the biggest red herring in the history of movies. <laughs> like, yeah. just fucking, like, he basically just dumped a bucket on himself. Yeah. And went swimming. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a great comparison. <laughs> fucking. Terry Hobbs is a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's an idiot. I can't get over the fact that he literally went to sue the Dixie Chicks as if they weren't going to bring up his criminal past in court. Yeah. Did he think that he was just going to get by with it? Yeah. But the, the, to me, the oh. saddest thing, like though it is a you know it is ultimately a good thing that they got out. Yeah. The saddest part is that though because they signed the Alfred Agreement and pleaded guilty to it, that justice for the three children will never be served. We'll never find out who actually did it. Yeah. If you believe they didn't do it, you know what I mean. Yeah. Me personally, to, uh, to object or not object, but uh, uh, I object. I object <laughs> to implement a little bit of um, bias, I guess, bias and opinion in it. Uh, I don't think they did it. No. I was a big proponent of the West Memphis Three. <laughs> yeah, forever. However, there was a point in my life where I was saying that Damien did do it just to make you and Amanda mad. Yes, which was fun because <laughs> you're an ass. I know. <laughs> um, I'm a big ass like that sometimes. <laughs> And again, the, the, the fight for this case still goes on today. Yeah. As very recently, as in a couple of days ago. Yeah. Damien is trying to appeal to the Supreme Court. I don't know if it's of like the big Supreme Court yeah. or like the state one. State court, yeah. But he's trying to get the case overturned. Yep. Which, if that's the case, I don't know what the outcome is because they signed the Alfred plea. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know does. if that'll ever happen. You know what I mean? <sighs> Ultimately, for me, it's like. What's very important about this whole thing is, like, after you watch Paradise Lost 3 and you see the West Memphis 3 walk free, I think it's real important to go back and watch the first one again. Yeah. To remember what it was always all about. Yeah. Which was the three little boys. Yes. 
which I thought was actually a very touching thing at the end of Paradise Lost 3 where they dedicated it to them. Yeah. And the last thing you see are the pictures of the boys. Yeah. I think it's real important to go back and remember that, like, though, yes, it became about injustice and false imprisonment and all that, that at the end of the day, this was all around and about, you know, uh, three little boys getting taken way too soon. Yeah. Well, it, I think the best way to describe this story is it's literally a twofold, you know, world of injustice. It's a tragedy. This. Yeah. Well, it's like there's the West Memphis Three, and I think it's fair to say that in a lot of sense, the forgotten West Memphis Three, because yep. three boys, their killers are still out there. Yep. Killer, killers, whatever, still walk free. Even if you think the Westminster Three did it, then that means they're out. They're still out there. Yeah, that means the boys didn't get justice. Yeah, and probably never will. Probably never will. And that's sad. Like I said, the the Paradise Lost trilogy comes down to like even, and I think even J- uh, Jason says it beautifully at the end of the third yeah. one, where he's talking about it's like that wasn't justice. What happened yeah. wasn't justice. It wasn't justice for us. It wasn't <laughs> justice for them. It wasn't justice for the families. You know, yeah, justice was not upheld, and I think no. that's a beautiful way to end the documentary as they play the great Metallica song, "The Day That Never Came." Yeah, you know, and uh, something uh, I, I want to touch on a little bit too is like, hopefully, like I'd like to hope that one day we'll find out who did it. Yeah. And bring closure to this whole fucking mess. Mess. That's yeah. the best way to describe it. A mess. <laughs> because again, like, of course, just the, like in in our opinion, and in, in a lot of people's opinion, of course, justice for Damien, Jesse, and Jason is extremely important. But justice for the three boys is just as important, if not more. More. I think more important. Yeah. Yeah. Because. I mean, it, the, the, it's three eight-year-olds who had their lives cut way too fucking short. Yeah. In a horrific, horrible way. Yeah. So, yeah. Somber way to end. Um, it's important, though. Yeah. It's important to, like, because, like, we never even really talked about the children. We we brought them up at the at the beginning. I think we talked more about them in the first one, of course. Yeah. That, but, but, but to me, that's the most important thing. Like, once you finish Paradise Lost 3, if you just watch the first ten minutes. Yeah. Of Paradise Lost, it's important to remember what it's all about. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing about Paradise. You know, since we're in a, we're on a somber note right now. Yeah, something that Paradise Lost Three does amazingly is there's this footage I had never seen before. Oh boy, of the parents finding out. Yeah, and that's taunting. It's, it's very haunting. It's horrible. You know, I mean, it's really horrible. Well, it's like you know, say what you will about the even like the police involved, right? Like. It's sort of perfectly by Damien at one point. He's like, nothing happens at West Memphis, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So, for these, you know, even the police that come across three dead children, it probably haunted them for the rest of their lives. I guarantee it fucking did. Except for old Onion Head. He seemed to be happy with everything. Oh, we didn't get on old Onion Head. <laughs> I don't want you to get on Onion Head. Fuck that we'll bastard. We'll be here another hour. <laughs> Fuck that Onion Head bastard. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> laughing to the bank oh, to bring some head. levity to it I do I do joke around a lot and say like, if one day Damien Eccles is on his deathbed and he's like I did it <laughs> that would be some shit that would be that would haunt me that would be heartbreaking man. <laughs> he's just like I did it ha 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 and dies like oh 
<laughs> that would be horrible. I was just trying to bring some levity to the moment. And bring yeah. Everything, bring everything back around. But that's Paradise Lost. Yeah, hopefully we won't be covering anything as heavy as this <laughs> for a long time. Well, you chose this one, so this is all your fault. Oh, did, did I choose this one? Yeah, you chose Paradise Lost. We agreed on it. Well, yeah, we agreed on it, but this was your ideal. This yeah, was your well. episode. I didn't think I was going to get as obsessed as I did. Ah, you should have known, man. I remember when I fucking first found out, I was just like, I was running around the house like, can you fucking believe they put these two, these three men in jail? <laughs> sure, everybody was like, shut the fuck up. We get it. <laughs> go to your room and beat off or something. Fuck off. Uh, I go skateboard, like, guys, there's these three dudes. <laughs> Look, uh, Again, it's like I'd looked into this story before. I'd watched the first two documentaries before, and I'd never been as invested as I am now. Mm. I am. I've become fucking obsessed with it to an unhealthy extent. And it's funny too because, like, for all intents and purposes, it's over. It's over. Yeah. So you're obsessed with something that like is done now. I'm streaming at clouds. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> they put three men in jail. At least when I was into it, it was still going on. That's true. And I got to see them fucking walk free. Like, I remember watching it on YouTube. Yeah. And bawling like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm an idiot like that, though. <laughs> I guess that's the stupid shit. But, uh, yeah. I mean, they're excellent documentaries. The first one is the best. Yeah. I would argue that the first one and the third one are both pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like, even the Terry Hobbs stuff, like I said, like... You know, it's like at least they it's have all alleged. It's all alleged, but at least they have some circumstance. They have some evidence. Yeah, they have at least some, uh, you know, you know, alleged, you know, proof, alleged proof. We, yeah. keep, we keep saying that so Terry Hobbs doesn't try to sue us. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. I was like, the perfect way to end this episode would be play uh, the day that never came by Metallica, but uh, I, I don't want to get our podcast fucking removed from. The- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so we're not gonna do that. No, we're just no, gonna no. disappear like we always do. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna. Fade to the background and uh, <laughs> leave this fucking world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's Paradise Lost, man. Yep. That's uh, the, the trilogy of fucking hell. Yeah. Because that's, that's exactly, I think that's a good way of explaining it. Is This is this whole ordeal. It's just a tragedy. It's a fucking tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about it's just a tragedy. But as we stated earlier, next yes. week. Or not next week. Next episode. God, not not next week. No. <laughs> God knows what's going to happen between then and now. Ha ha ha. Left it to the bank. Actually, it would be next week now. Oh, would it? Yeah. Because we're on our break week, technically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were right. I was wrong. Oh. But next episode. <laughs> the next episode, uh, of course, we have the spookster on. Yeah. To talk about Jess Franco in a fucking needed episode after this. <laughs> I can't wait to just watch some sleazy horror and, you know, just enjoy life a little bit for a while. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> uh, this, like, it was good to revisit these. Yeah, it was. Because we talked talk about this. But goddamn, it's never fun. No, it's just, it's fucking, it's rough. Yeah. But, yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else to talk about, I don't think, other than, you know, go support the people we always say to support. Oh, yeah. You know, we've shattered them out a million times over. Mm-hmm. Severed Cinema, Banana Box, Morbid Horror Podcast, Quality Von Cinema Podcast, Spooky Celluloid, Spooky Celluloid, Mr. Parker. All the people. Unboxed, watched, reviewed. Yep. 
fucking Dead Vision Productions is doing big things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club is coming back. Yes. Very excited about that. John the Doe's podcast. I can't wait to see who he's going to have on. Yeah. <laughs> Box Creep Films. I swear to God, if somehow he was able to get someone from this fucking story on that You'd lose your mind. I'd lose my goddamn shit. You'd be I, messaging him immediately. I'd be like, get me on that podcast. I don't even want to talk. I just want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear... But I mean, it's all. I mean, usually that shit's pre-recorded. Yeah. So I, I would just, I'd lose my shit just being like, the fucking timing. What <laughs> but, the uh, fuck? Yeah. Appreciate y'all for listening as always. Yeah. We got big things planned in 2023. We'll see if they come to fruition. Ho- hopefully, it's gonna be a big year. Yeah. Hopefully, it won't be a, a fucking shitty year. We're gonna be the- laughing to the bank. Ha ha ha. Laughing to the laughing to welfare because <laughs> pretty much. <yeah. laughs> Nothing we're gonna do is make money. So hell no. Know. But hey. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. So oh uh, boy. There's nothing else to talk about. I'm John. I'm Matt. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Yeah. Sick on cinema. 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 One of these days I need to go back and uh, find the first time we ever did that. Yeah. It could have been episode one. I don't think we did it on episode one. I thought we just ended it. We're just like peace. Peace. Before we uh, get off here, fuck onion head. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, onion looking bastard. You fucking onion brain son of a bitch. You, you great value Dr. Phil looking fuck. <laughs> <laughs>